3: I
5: never get I sick of this song.
4: It's very good. There must have been
5: all of that, there wasn't Right? We so should just see. come in and play all Melvin Taylor music all day. <laughs> right? Most people don't know who Melvin Taylor is, and I'm single-handedly <laughs> determined to single-handedly make him famous. <laughs> I, I was listening. I was uh, just a real short story before we start the show. This would be like inside baseball stuff for all the people who follow us. So I was going to UMass Lowell probably like around 19 – God, I'm going to show you how old I am. Um, Remember, I left high school for 11 years before I went back to college. So it was probably like around 1993 or somewhere around there, 95. And I'm sitting in this tiny little place called the Sugar Shack in Lowell, and Melvin Taylor's music is playing out over the loudspeaker, and I'm the only one in there. Uh, Literally the only one in there. Like the guy who runs the place wasn't even there. (laughs) Right, So I'm just sitting there waiting for him to come so I can order some coffee and stuff, and I had stuff to do. And I'm listening to this, and I ended up listening to the entire album before the guy came back. And when he came back, the first question I said was, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> and he said his name is Melvin Taylor. He's a local guy, uh, does all this folky, folksy kind of stuff. I said, well, how do I get his record? They were selling them right there. So oh, cool. I, I bought it right there. And I've never seen it anywhere else even since. Um, And it's, like, perpetually in my car when I'm driving around. He's from Lawrence? He's from Lowell.
0: Oh, Lowell. Lowell. Yeah.
5: I think he lives up in New Hampshire now. I'm not sure he still lives in Lowell. Yeah. So he wrote the song, Paying Attention, that you hear coming into the show. And when we do our charity bash every year, a couple years ago, somebody came up with the ingenious idea. I wish I could take credit for it. They said, well, you know Melvin Taylor. He wrote the song for your show. He's been on your show. Next time he comes on your show, ask him if he'll open the bash live with the Paying Attention song. Yeah. Like when we start the bash, it's like starting the show. Yeah. Right? And so I fi- I, there's no way he's going to want to do this. I, call, I called him, invited him on the show, made some pretense about something he was up to just to get him, get him in. And um, we asked him, and he was like, well, you know, Friday night, like that's a big night for band. Right. You know, it's going to be hard for me to get a Friday night off. But you know what? What the hell? You're Tommy Duggan. Give me a 100 bucks, and I'll come. And I was like, hundred bucks? Really? Okay, we'll find somebody to sponsor you for a hundred bucks." So every year he does that. And so if you want to come to our charity bash next week, March twenty third, uh, at the Firefighters Relief Inn in Lawrence, One Market Street, and we got a ton of stuff that we're going to be doing: scholarships, awards for cops, firefighters, veterans, um, some surprises, bunch of celebrities, bunch of politicians. Um, and Melvin Taylor's going to open the night with the Paying Attention awesome. song. It's going to be fun. It. So if I could just get him to stay to the end of the night to play the Worthen at the end of the bash, right. yeah. that would be the best. That would be awesome. But I'm working <laughs> but up to it. Next year's our 15th anniversary, we'll so there. I'm waiting for the big ass. Right. Sweet. For next yeah, year. that's awesome. Yep. So but before we start the show, really, like we'll, we'll get to the show sooner or later, kids. Um, so Meredith, you weren't here last week.
0: I wasn't here. And it made me very sad. I basically had to evacuate because I, I know Power and Hero, and I have a two-year-old, so... And my Comcast is still down, so Comcast, please.
5: Yeah, Comcast, get off your ass. Come fix my wires. Go take care of Meredith. They've been
0: dangling in the breeze for eight days. Right?
5: But you missed two other shows. I can't watch Netflix. You missed two other shows, so I didn't get to see you for like two whole weeks in a row. What were you doing during those two weeks? I
0: can't remember. She can't
5: remember. I don't buy buy that for a minute, but for the sake of time, I'm going to let it go. There you go. All right, so you guys must have a bunch of, uh, we'll thank the sponsors in a couple of minutes. Sure. We're like way off program now at this point. Right, because uh, you just never know what's going to happen when I'm around because my life is just so chaos. It's total chaos every day. Well,
0: just start with your sandwich, for one thing. Right, you yeah, don't even sandwich. know what was in your sandwich,
5: sandwich when you got sandwich. Here. I pulled up I the mean. Popeyes, and I said to the guy, <laughs> um, uh, do you have sandwiches? Said, the, wo- the woman, she says, no, but we have half sandwiches. I'm like, okay, c- c- wait, isn't two half sandwiches a sandwich? Just don't cut it in half. No, we have to sell them in half sandwiches. Okay, um, fine.
3: open open-faced club
5: sandwich. <laughs> So she says, uh, well, you can order two half sandwiches, and that's a sandwich. Okay, okay fine, whatever. And then I pull up to the, to the little uh, window to pay, and I realize I don't even know what sandwich I ordered. I have no clue what is on this that's thing. That's a
4: problem. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> right? So, yeah, my, my life is total chaos every day. I live what you guys live in a month. I live in a day. Like, my day starts at 5, but I went to bed at, like, 3. Or my day will start at 7 because I went to bed at 5, uh, and the phone starts ringing, and I, it's just chaos every day. Every day between the paper, the show, the bash. You love
2: it. It's all good. The you love
5: bash, it. the book, we're still waiting for the movie to come out. We got all kinds of stuff going on, tons of stuff. projects. But I still wanna take time at least once a week to come in here. Not for my listeners and not for my viewers, but because I get to sit next to Meredith Warren. <laughs> That's the only reason I come in. Because I'm telling you, two or three more times you don't come in, I'm gonna be like, you know what? That show's fun to do, but without Meredith. <laughs> I have no incentive. I'll do my best. And, you know, okay. no
1: offense, Tom, but, you know, no, no, I mean, we lo- you know. listen, we love Fred. You know, someone's been here every single week with that's you so true, far, that's but, yeah, you know, yeah, true.
5: But you know what it is? It's like, it's like the prodigal son thing. Like we depend on you being here because you're a dependable guy, right? Yeah. And you're always here. You're like I feel the like there's anchor. a butt coming. No, no, no. You're the anchor. So it's kind of like the prodigal son, like the, you know, how you, you, you always miss the person who's not there. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yes, Does that sure. makes sense. Do you know right. the story of the prodigal we'll son. We'll go with that. Yes, I do. Okay, yeah. so okay. it's guys. Remember, yes. like the, you know, the the good son was like, hey, wait a minute. This guy's been gone for twenty years. What are you uh, doting yeah, on him yeah, for? Yeah. I'm the guy here every day.
1: Okay, so right. she's the
5: prodigal daughter. We'll go with it. And
1: then after I kill you off, she'll be my prodigal wife.
5: <laughs> i got to kill you off for us, though. See, I and knew there was a butt
1: coming. <laughs> say, I knew there was a bug coming. This story was not going to my benefit. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Yep. So, I by the way, it. you guys are going to be anchoring the bash, right? Yes, we got a table right. there up for you. Yep. That's right. Um,
5: I don't know. Have you guys figured out how you're going to go live? No. Like, did you do the logistical stuff on no. that? Because we had a bash meeting last night. Someone asked me, and I went, ah, I'm sure they figured it out. So, yeah, right. we were just
1: going to ask you. <laughs> oh, all That's right. That's not good. Okay, no, so all it's right, not a
5: work, Especially the night of the event. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, so we'll have to coordinate. Maybe we'll that. have to talk about that. But, you but guys, it's going to be worth
1: listening to. Yeah, you're going to have a, a news
5: desk at the bash. Great. And you're going to be able to interview people. Like the mayor's going to be there, and uh, Jeff Deal will be there. There'll be a whole bunch of political candidates awesome. and celebrities, and you guys can break in every once in a while and you know give people a, an update. And we're trying to work on getting it on this thread. Yeah, on the paying attention okay. podcast thread. That'd be great. So that those of those of you who are loyal and listen to us every week, or even watch us on U- all the five people who watch us on YouTube <laughs> every week. Um,
3: don't get them started.
5: Yeah, please. Not don't, happy about uh, that. And, but yeah, but we get ten thousand people downloading the show audio, so I'm happy about that. Um, I wish more people were watching though, because we, we spent a lot of money and, and time and effort to make this beautiful set to only have five people watch. But I digress. I'm sure you guys have some news to talk about. We do. Hi. Thank you for the Paying Attention Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Tom Duggan. We can now start the show. (laughs)
1: Excellent. All right. Well, Tom, we actually are starting today with some very sad news to report. Uh Um, Last night, uh, there was a five-car accident that occurred on Route 495 in Andover. And unfortunately, a local tow truck driver was killed. Uh, Dan Cody, his name, he was a member of the Cody's Garage and Towing Family, and he was reportedly struck outside his tow truck as he was working to load a vehicle from a previous crash. Another tow truck driver at the scene also was injured. Now, Tom, you posted a video of this last night that included scanner audio uh, of the incident, and it's, uh, it's pretty difficult to listen to. You know, it
5: reminded me of the night um, Officer McGuire was killed. Yeah, And we talk yeah. about him on the show a lot because right. I'm very close to the McGuire family. Um, and when you listen to the audio of the night Officer McGuire was shot, it was the same tone. Like, before he even said anything, when he started to speak, when he started to yell into, mm-hmm. the, into the radio, mm-hmm. you knew something really, really bad was going on. Right. And the minute I heard the scanner go on last night, and that state trooper, in a very panicked voice, mm-hmm. start to talk, before I even heard what he said, it brought me right back to that, and I went, oh my God, yep. this is just going
1: to be horrible. And of course, you know, that. They- Cody's obviously a very well-known company Mm -hmm. in this area and everything and works very closely with law enforcement, first responders at incidents every day. So very well-known to them.
5: Frank Cody is a great guy. He was actually friends with my dad. Yeah. And um, he doesn't advertise with us and he doesn't do anything with us. So I'm not saying this because he gives us money or anything. Right, right. but Frank was friends with my dad. My dad worked very closely with him, obviously because he ran a tow company. Yep. And all of the police in Lawrence, Methuen, and the State Police have known this family for Everyone years. Everyone knows them. Yep. So it's one of those things where you know you you work with people all the time. You learn their families, and you go to their you go on vacations with them. And so for for something like this, we had we had some a little bit of misinformation last night, and I think it was because people were speculating. Um, you know, when we found out that there were scores—I was told scores—of state troopers at Lowell General yep. after the accident, and the officer who called it in hadn't reported back. We, I think, we all thought that it was probably because the officer was in bad shape, mm-hmm. and come to find out that they were all there because they loved the Cody family so much and they right. know them so well that it was like one of their own. Right. And, yep. and uh, I'm so glad that the, that the the trooper was okay, but boy underneath that underneath that whole worrying about the officer um Frank Cody lost a nephew and the Cody family lost someone that they care about and something that didn't need to happen but it's it's the danger of the business right, right. and i think it kind of like i'm friends with Bob Bobby Sheehan over at Sheehan's towing i'm yep. friends mm-hmm. with the Martinos over at Martinos towing and it's a dangerous business and just like police work they forget how dangerous it is because they just do it every day. Right. right. And I think this is kind of a shock now through the towing community, if I can yeah. f- coin a phrase. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really tough to listen to. I think we actually have that. We do.
2: That's not good. Eleven eighty four
5: received. You okay? No, we officer hurt. He doesn't answer. You can cut it. So, when you hear something like that, and now I'm driving around Lawrence, right? I know exactly where that is. It's maybe four minutes from where I am. Right. But I also know that because it's a crash, and it's on a highway, and it's an on-ramp, that there's no way I'm going to be able to get close to it. Right. Yeah. It was during the day I could throw my drone up there and we could probably, yeah. get, right. it was, but it was the middle of the night and it was you know raining and snowing. Um,
0: Has there been any word on the other tow truck he, driver? He uh,
5: he's not in good shape. Uh, I'm told he's on life support, but I I don't want to report that right. because I didn't get it confirmed from somebody in the family. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, his name is Pedro. He's a good guy. Um, I don't know him well. I've seen him out there. Um, it's just a really tough thing for everybody. The one thing we don't know is what really caused this, right. and I'm waiting right. for the state police. Now it's 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 hours and hours later, right? And I'm waiting for the state police to re- to release um, what caused this. Was it a drunk driver? Did the you know did the guy have a heart attack behind the wheel? Like right. we're was all it thinking. on a
0: ramp? On the ramp? I think
5: it was on the ramp, okay. right? At least that's what was reported yeah. on the radio. Right. Um, and he came on. Somebody came on a few minutes after that, and I'm not going to play it because it, it's har- what you already heard was harrowing yeah. enough. Um the backup officer showed up and said uh radioed in right away and said nine eighty two uh is not involved. The car is not has not been hit. Yeah. But he wasn't in the car. Like right. the backup officer didn't know where that trooper was. Right, he wasn't right. in yep. the car. Right. Yep. Um and so it it it, it got very harrowing because the next the next call that came in was um we we need med flight, uh we have multiple unconscious and you know the mental images that go on in your head, right, right? right. Mm-hmm. now imagine your father's a state police officer yeah. right, or your brother or your husband right, or your boyfriend, right, and you're listening to the scanner or you're watching me do a live feed, and you hear something like that. It sends chills through the entire law enforcement community, not right. just the cops, right the cops, yep. families, people who know them, right. and then it became my phone blows up because people are now calling me saying we need to know who the officer is that didn't that didn't call back in. Right. Like in case bad stuff is, you know, yeah. in right. case he doesn't yeah. make it or whatever. Um, and somebody actually gave me a name of somebody that I know really well. and It, it panicked me for yeah. a little while Till <laughs> he checked in with his family. Everybody knew he was okay. He was actually the backup officer. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very tough. It's very dangerous out there. This isn't someone that chose to shoot somebody. You know, this isn't like a, a felonious act. Right. At least we don't yeah. know right. of so far. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know what happened or, or how it happened. And so I just want to caution people until we do know what happened i see a lot of comments on facebook you know that driver mm-hmm. should be charged with uh you know with murder right. and all this and you don't know let's find out maybe yep. the guy had a heart attack behind the wheel and that just happens to be where he crashed yeah right. maybe he was drunk let's right. find out first and then yep. we'll yep. hang him right yep
1: you know? Yep. well obviously a really Sad. tragic Not to bum situation. Your news <laughs> no but well tragic situation thoughts and prayers are with everyone involved yep. and condolences to the cody family yeah. And sure.
5: I, I, I consider myself lucky that I at least could have provided that for you guys. Yeah. That because I was live, because I was, I was doing you know what I do in Lawrence, and that came out that our listeners that download the show actually get a chance to hear that. I got to hear the, uh, I got to hear, and I know what you move on, but I got to hear the Officer Maguire tapes, and I also got to hear a couple of others, and that's really tough. That's stuff that you don't forget ever. Right. Right. That's the stuff that, like, you hear in your head, like, at the time that you least need to hear it in your right, head. Right, right. Right. Um, officer mcguire actually he got he had three bullets in him and he radioed in for backup while he was being shot and he was shooting back while he was calling in for backup wow and the audio of that will make anybody cry yeah yeah i mean it's it's so tough and every time every time i see his wife um it's it's really tough because looking at her uh, looking at her and knowing a that she lost jack and the way she lost jack but also that she had heard that tape, right? right. And it, that's not my—that's not my father. That's not my husband. That's not my—you know—that's not my wife. That's not anything yeah. to me. I didn't know the Meguiars before that happened. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, it makes you remember these are real things happening out there. It's not a movie, it's, right? You know, it's—it's yeah. it's real stuff and just unbelievable yeah. situations. I do a
5: lot of work with police officers whose families have been killed or debilitated. Um, stuff like this. Even though it wasn't, even though everyone was relieved that it wasn't their husband, their, hu- you know, yeah. the, the, it, it, it still psychologically affects you, even when it's not. You know, even when it turns out that it's not your loved one, that anguish that you went through, there's, there's, there's pain there, and it doesn't go away just because you find out that he was okay. Right. You right. know that it makes the danger of what they do every day even more real. I can't even imagine if um, you know you're married to a firefighter. Every time they're in Lawrence, they go into a three-alarm fire, and they're right. calling eight to ten other communities like into every fighting. every night. Yeah. And you know he's in there. Yeah. Right. right. It's, it's tough. It's very yeah. tough. Yep. So when we do our bash next week, when we do our charity event, um, we're going to honor three hero police officers. Mm-hmm. We were hoping to honor a Massachusetts state trooper uh, who had to shoot someone earlier last year, um, and we couldn't get we couldn't get the state police to cooperate with us because of all the management issues that are right. going on there, mm-hmm. right. and nobody knew who to get it approved by. So I think we're going to hold that, and we're going to give them that award for our 15th next year, but we've got other three other police officers that have done some really amazing things. And have suffered greatly physically for it, and we're going to give them some awards on uh, a week from Friday. Nice. So, all right, that's the end. That's right, the end of the show the now, right? We <laughs> bummed everybody out. Everybody's yeah. crying.
0: So the Valley Patriot is out this week with a damning video from inside a crumbling par- public parking garage in Lawrence. Really? Yeah, they're
5: pretty good. That Valley Patriot. They are. What ha- time
0: did, was this video filmed, by the way? The One middle th- of the night?
5: 1.30 in the morning, quarter to 2 in the morning. <laughs> You're nuts. I am nuts.
0: <laughs> Residents of the Museum Square Apartments have long complained <laughs> about concrete falling on cars and people inside the garage, which is owned by the city of Lawrence and partially managed by the owners of the building. The Valiant Patriot video shows chained up emergency exits, crumbling concrete falling from overhead beams on every floor of the garage, Water pouring out of overhead beams, exposed electrical wiring. That's a bad mix.
5: Not good. (laughs) Emergency
0: exit signs that are not lit, holes in the ground, and a 10-foot hole in the roof of the structure that was so dangerous the police had to use barriers to cordon it off because cars actually are parking on the top level of the garage. Lawrence Mayor Dan Rivera told the Valley Patriot the situation is, quote, complicated and cited struggles between the city and the building owner over repair costs. Rivera says he and the city council have allocated $100,000 in in his capital improvement plan to begin repairs to the garage. Meanwhile, city councilor Giovanni Rodriguez says he believes city council should ask state auditor Suzanne Bump to conduct an audit of the money that Boston Land Company is making on the garage. Rivera says he would support that audit. So is it going to take a tragedy for... Something to get fixed there?
5: Yeah, probably. Um, I talked to Dan Rivera on this. Um, how this story came about is, I'm in my office. I had to go out anyway. It was like quarter to two in the morning, 1.30 in the morning, and I got a text from somebody that asked me to, that was sick and asked me a friend that said, "Can you bring me some Tylenol? I'll fine." So I'm up anyway, right? Because I'm up all night. Uh, I never sleep. Uh, I'm like Batman, right? I'm in my office at like three thirty in the morning, <laughs> and I, I'm calling people on the phone because I'm, I forget what time it is sometimes because all my days go together. So, anyways. Um, uh, I'm just getting ready to walk out the door and my phone rings and I'm like, who the f is calling me? at <laughs> quarter or two in the morning, like they know I'm up but why are you calling me? It's two in the morning. Uh, and it was Mike Thibodeau, one of the residents of um, Museum Square who's my security detail. Right. right. Yep. And he called me and he's screaming into the phone, they won't let me park my car here. I pay rent and I pay for a spot and it's bad enough this place is falling apart, but now it's 4 hours before a major snowstorm and they're not letting me in. Yep. I said, "Listen, I'm on, I'm on my way out the door right now. I've been getting complaints about that place forever." Let's see what let's see if we can not scare these guys into doing Were what they're in supposed your to do. No, no, no. I was all
3: dressed up. I was wearing <laughs> He had both. his Batman under on. Yeah, job. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> With the feet. Right?
5: So um, I always want—I always wanted fire truck on uh, uh, pajamas, but I can never find the pattern. Whoa. Every every girlfriend I've ever had I, for Christmas, they was ask what I want. I go, okay, here's an impossible task. No girlfriend's been able to do this, and I've had a lot of them. I want fire truck pajamas <laughs> that'll fit me, and they've gone like Joan Fabrics everywhere they could to try and find so they could make them themselves, and never never
1: works. You out. know how we always say I have no opinion. I have no opinion on the subject, Tom. <laughs> None whatsoever. This isn't okay? even really a show today. We're no. just kind of chatting today.
5: So where were we, anyways? Before the so so museum Adams. square, we were in there oh, at thirty. So, yeah, Two a.m. <laughs> Batman
1: went on the streets. So I go,
5: I go live as soon as I pull out of my office. I I, I go live. Yep. And I'm thinking, okay, I got to get to Bambi Eyes, and I got to get her her, her Tylenol. <laughs> right. Everybody has a nickname because nobody wants to have their real name on the show. Right. So uh, we call this girl Bambi Eyes. She's very cute. Um, and I had to get her her all, but I'm like, before I get there. I got to go see Mike. I might as well go live. So I went live all the way the drive to there. And then I pull up and I take my phone and I go out and I start screaming at the guy. If you go watch <laughs> and watch, the, watch the video, it's almost funny. And I'm screaming at the guy, what do you mean you're not letting people park here who actually pay for something? That's called theft. And I turned to Mike who was standing there. And I said, call 911. That's theft. If you pay for a car... And you give them the money and they don't give you the car? That's theft. Call 911. Right. I want the car. Plus, I, I was listening to the scanner. The cops weren't doing anything anyway. So I knew like five cruisers would show up. And he's like, fine, I'm going to call 911. And before he could finish dialing, the guy that worked there went, okay, you can park your car there. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? It's like you can't even make it up. So he goes to park his car and he comes down and he said, you know what, Tom? While you're here and while you're alive, let's take a tour of the building. hmm and that's when I actually it went from being funny to being scary. Because yeah. right. after a while I was afraid of being in the building. Yeah. At one point he was like, hey, we'll take the elevator up to the top floor. I'm like, I don't want to go the elevator right. in this building. He looked at the stairs, and the stairs are all crumbling. He goes, Well, you want to take the stairs? Oh wow. I'm like, I, you know, pick your poison. So right. I got in the elevator. The only thing in this building that was up to code and what it was supposed to be was the goddamn elevator. <laughs> Right. The elevator certificate expires like in three more months. So mm-hmm. it was actually current. Every, nothing else was current in the in the wow. entire building. And while we're walking around, like little pieces of concrete are like falling on oh us. Like God. literally like in a movie. And we've got it all in video, which is even better, because I could tell this story the way I just did, and those who are listening could doubt what I'm saying, but then when you go and you watch the video, it's actually worse than the way I'm describing it. Yeah.
0: Uh, That's you know? pathetic.
5: So I talked to Dan Rivera, he says um, you know, it's a it's a bad contract. There's this imperpetuity in the contract that we can't get out of. It was signed in 1988. It's got no end date. And we've been fighting with these people forever. Uh, the city has allocated $100,000 to start getting some repairs done. And within the next year, we're going to try and free up some more money to do it. Mm-hmm. So the translation of that is, not because it's Dan Rivera, but because he's a politician. Right. We know how they talk, Right. right? The politician to English translation is, if the press keeps writing about this, right. we'll keep funding fixing, right. up, fixing right. up the building, right. yep. and the minute people aren't talking about it anymore, that money's going to go to something else that's more important. Right. And let's face it, he made at least one good point, the parking garage is not the biggest problem in Lawrence. You know what I mean?
0: Concrete kills somebody.
5: I mean, but you got fentanyl labs, (laughs) and you got you know kids shooting each other, and so I mean, he's right. There's other things to fund, but this is an immediate danger, and when something's an immediate danger, you fix it immediately. That's just my position anyway. So, but I'm going to stay on Dan, and I'm going to make sure that it, it gets done because three people who work for me live in that building, and yep. park their car in that garage. Right. Yep. So I'm going to keep hearing about it at every meeting that I have, every editorial board meeting, every bash right. committee right. meeting. Right. And when I have to hear about it, Dan's going to have to hear <laughs> about it. There you it. go. That's how things That's get how done. Yep. That's how government works. That's you great. have to know it's someone true. who knows somebody will. that can cause somebody trouble if right. right. they don't do the right thing. Right. There you go. And if he does the right thing, I'll be the guy that writes the story that makes them the hero that he's the guy that fixes exactly. it. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? So I usually call these politicians, and I give them kind of like an ultimatum. And it sounds like blackmail, but it's really not. Right. Will he be at the bash? He will be at the bash. Oh, there you great. Go. He was, Yeah, he said he was gonna boycott us, but he's coming. <laughs> okay. Um, Do you
0: have to be nice to him?
5: No. No. Okay. Oh, No, good. that was not in the contract. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh,
1: I got ADD. I forgot where we were. Uh
0: uh, well, probably on to our next news story, next story. at the Okay, point. Yeah, Let's yeah. do that. You
1: All right. So, Tom, that. last week on the Paying Attention podcast, yes. we talked about these uh, walkouts that were planned nationwide by students to protest gun violence right. across the country. And uh, interesting update to that. So, obviously, in Merrimack Valley this week, we had a big snowstorm, and a lot of those protests uh, were hampered or canceled because of the weather. Now, it's being reported that some of those students actually traveled to Boston instead of just marching out of school, that they traveled to Boston instead to march on the Massachusetts State House. Now, what's interesting about all this is that these walkouts are reportedly being organized by Empower, which is the youth wing of the Women's March that happened in Washington, D.C. last year. There were 3,000 marches that were planned nationwide in elementary, middle, and high schools. Kind of an interesting update that these weren't always sort of organic, just Mm -hmm. happen on their own, students coming together, that sort of thing, that there was actually an organized effort Mm -hmm. behind this nationwide. So does that change your opinion about these at all? No, look, it's very clear what's happening here. I don't know why people are pretending that it's not. You have
5: grown-ups who have put ideas into kids' heads. All of these teachers and all these public schools have glorified the 60s and the protest movement. And they all are, by the way, also haters of Donald Trump. They hate the NRA. And I saw kids who were in high school who don't even understand the Constitution, marching and yelling, "Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, NRA! How many people did you kill today?" Well, guess what? Planned Parenthood kills people. Yeah. The NRA doesn't kill anybody. Okay, the NRA doesn't do anything, right? They don't sell guns. They don't own guns. They're an organization that advocates for the Constitution. And if these kids had teachers who taught them the Constitution, none of this would be taking place. So what we have is grown-ups manipulating young people for a political reason and political organizations taking advantage of that reason right. Right. and getting these kids to go out and CNN reports on it as if this is all just organic. Right. These kids all came up with the idea on their own. They're just getting involved. Right. They're so brave. Yeah, it's real brave to walk out of school and not have to do any work. That's brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I don't know. we, yeah. we got to find out what Maddie thinks of all this, but she's not here. No. Yeah,
0: that would be interesting. <laughs> Uh, so the mass, state, the mass House of Representatives is planning today to debate a bill aimed at combating sexual harassment, and Methuen State Rep Ugh, Diana sexual harassment again is telling the Boston Globe that she will give a speech today accusing legislative leaders of silencing her seven years ago when she was harassed herself. House Speaker Bob DeLeo denies her claims and says his office was Liar. never aware she had been harassed. So Desaglio's story of harassment dates back to 2011, when she was working as an aide to former Andover State Rep Paul Adams. She had been at a party in DeLeo's office at night, and she and State Representative Mark Cusack of Braintree went into the empty house chamber, I guess along with some other people, mm-hmm. where they were seen by a State House security officer. A House investigation found that nothing had actually happened between Desaglio and Cusack, but Desaglio still became the victim of rumors that she had been acting inappropriately and was harassed. Her boss, Paul Adams, reportedly fired her because he said the gossip was reflecting poorly on his office. So she ultimately negotiated a settlement agreement with the Speaker's office that gave her six weeks' pay, but included a requirement that she not talk about what happened or say anything critical of anyone working in the House. So she has now filed an amendment that would ban the use of confidentiality and non-disparagement clauses in any House settlement agreements. Um, last check, it looks like the session has not started up yet. Um, yeah. So I don't know if they We
5: got word right. Actually... Just as we were starting the show, we got word from one of our friends at the Statehouse that the speaker is purposely delaying the session because he's trying to stop Diana DiZaglio from saying what she's going to say today.
0: And as you said, you know Diana. That's not going to happen. By
5: the way, this incident is how I met Diana. I don't know how how inside baseball you want me to get, but I can give you stuff nobody's got on this story. Because when this happened, Paul Adams was someone I had supported. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had met Diana twice at that Mm -hmm. point. Uh, both at public events, we just said hi to each other. And I heard Howie Carr talking about it, I heard Michelle McVie talking about it, I picked up the paper and I was reading about it. And so I called her and I, I said, listen, I just have one question. I said, this is Tom Duggan from the Valley Patriot, we're off the record, I have one question. Is any of what I read in today's paper true? And she started crying and said no. And I said, I'm gonna call you back tomorrow if you're telling me the truth, I will help you. Because mm-hmm. I was a guy who was on a school committee, and the Eagle Tribune used to come after me with bogus allegations right. all the time. No one ever came to my defense. Everyone ran away because they didn't want whatever scandal was going to happen to touch them. All these politicians—they're all a bunch of phonies, and they're all a bunch of cowards. And I knew what was going to happen to her. She was going to be—she was going to be ostracized at that state house, no right. matter what the real truth was. I have a friend that works at the state house who works uh, in the—in the well, he works in like the law enforcement area of the state house. I called him and said, is any of what I'm reading in the paper true? He said, absolutely not. Let me have you talk to the guy who walked in the room when it happened.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So I got on the phone with the guy who walked into the room when it happened, and the story was that next to the speaker's office, the speaker has his own like you know, luxurious office that he has at the right. statehouse, and there's a back door. There's like a secret door out under the chamber floor. Right. So uh, Mr. Cusack, Diana DiZaglia, who was Paul Adams' aide, and a few other reps Went out, went through that door to see like how close to the like where does this door come out in right, the, in the chambers, right. and of course the lights are all off because it's three in the morning. They're right. there for like an after party. They I think just passed the budget or budget. something, yep. right? Yep. Long story short, um, a security guard who's walking on another area of the of the, the big huge house floor that they have heard people in 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 the chamber and opened the door and said, hey, "Who's in there?" Right. And Mark Cusack to be a wise-ass, gave Marty Walsh's name.
0: Oh, that's right. right? I had forgotten about that. Yeah.
5: So, but I'm getting this from the guy who walked in the room, right? right? I'm right. not getting this from, from CNN. I'm not getting it from The right. Globe. I'm talking to real people. That's what I do. I'm an investigative reporter. I go to the real people, and I can find out the real story. So I called Diana back after all this, and I said, listen, I just talked to someone. I just talked, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I just talked to someone, and I believe your story. Here's what you need to do. And I laid out a plan for her as to how she would get away from Paul Adams because he was throwing her under the bus every five minutes. And she kept just coming back to me saying, listen, you don't understand. Now I'm now I'm a pariah at the Statehouse. Every guy in there that's a pervert is hitting on me thinking I'm easy because of this story that's out there that I was supposedly having sex with somebody, which never happened. Right. I called Michelle McVie. I went on the air with her. I said, listen, as a friend, I think you got this story wrong. You should look into it. You've right. got a lot of friends. Look into this before you're talking about it and making her the bad guy. Diana was harassed. You know how I feel about sexual harassment laws. I think for the most part it's bullshit. But in this case, Diana was harassed oh no, uh, really horribly for at least a week or two. Paul Adams, by the way, I hope she saved all of those texts, was such a fucking coward that he fired her in a text message. And he fired her because it was making his office look bad because he's a Mormon. And when he runs for office, he runs as a religious guy, as a religious family man. So he was getting crap from people on the right saying, you have this whore working for you. I just read The Globe. You have this whole working for you. How can you have her working for you? She's immoral. So we panicked. Right. And he fired her on a text message.
4: Oh my God. And I called Paul
5: and I said, Paul, I'm going to write the story because she was sitting in my living room when you fired her by text. Right. Call her into your office. Give her 30 days to find another job. You recommend her for another job. That's how it works. Right. I said, by the way, do you even, do you even care whether or not this story was true? No, he didn't, doesn't care. He, he admitted he doesn't care. <laughs> it's making me look bad. In this business, it doesn't matter what's true. It matters what the press says is true. And so th- three weeks later, I'm having a conversation with Mr. DeLeo. And he doesn't realize who I am because he's at a political function. And I'm, I'm, I didn't identify myself as a reporter. But he's in a room of crowded people. There's nine other people standing close enough to us that they can hear the conversation. And we had a conversation about what was going on with Diana DiZaglio. And what I said to him was, listen, you need to protect her. Right. You need to protect her. She's an aide. She's not a state rep. Right. She doesn't have a lifetime job. She's not politically known. She's not politically connected. You, you have an obligation to protect her. And he said, oh, what are you, her boyfriend? <laughs> that was his answer. Are you her boyfriend? Was his answer. <laughs> so that gives you kind of an idea. Right. Of what, of, of the shit that she had to deal with as, a, as, a, as an aide to a state representative. Well, you know what she did? She went out and she, she left. She got fired. She went into the private sector for a little while. She looked at the political landscape and she finally got pissed off and said, "You know, I'm gonna run for state rep and I'm gonna change the culture on Beacon Hill. Mm-hmm. And if that means I have to stand alone, if that means I have to stand against leadership, that's what I'm gonna do. And she's on this show a lot, we write about her a lot. It's not just because she's my friend. She's my friend because she's ethical. Mm-hmm. She's my friend because she's doing the right thing. And we don't always agree, but you look at what she's doing with this story. She's gonna single, if, if the speaker tries to deny today What actually happened, what I know happened, what she knows happened, and what he knows happened, if he tries to deny it, Diana saved the confidentiality agreement that he made her sign. That he's now denying doesn't exist. She saved it. Right. She's got it. I've seen it. Yep. So this is not an issue that's going to go away by delaying a house session. Right. This is something that's, that's, that's going to, I think, maybe, could even go national.
0: Well, I don't know if people who are outside the statehouse understand what a big deal it is to go up against the speaker. It's, it's huge. Because the speaker basically decides where Controls your office everything. is, how much money you're getting for your district. I mean, I there's be, not many reps that would do what she's doing. I wouldn't
5: be surprised if Diana decides to walk away from this position yep. because, of, because of the fact that you've got men in power— this is Tom Duggan speaking now, right? So take, I mean, pay attention because usually I'm on the other side of this. You've got men in power who like the fact that they can prey on young women who are the most beautiful women in the world get hired to work at the state house. You walk those halls and you know how every one of those girls got their job because they're good looking, period. There's no ugly fat women walking around the state house as an aide to a state rep unless the state rep is a woman. Right?
3: Or a chubby chaser, perhaps.
5: Okay, All right, like a guy like me. I'm a chubby chaser and I admit it. I admit my fault. I don't even think it's a fault. I think it's awesome. Um, this is I think this is going to be a big issue, and it really pisses me off when people in power think that they can take advantage of people by virtue of who they are. Right. I go out of my way because of who I am. I'm, I'm considered, at least in the Lawrence, you're like this local, not celebrity, but locally, local no- the- no- notoriety. <laughs> yeah. like everybody knows who I am because I have a yeah. paper and a show and all right. that stuff. And I go out of my way to try not to take advantage of that. I have never once said to a cop who pulled me over, "Do you know who my father was?" Right. Ever, and I've had cops say to me, "Listen, I knew your dad. I'm going to let you. I was going to write you a ticket." I tell them to write me the ticket. And I pay the ticket. Mm -hmm. And I've never once contested a ticket. Oh, no, that's not true. I contested one because I didn't deserve it. But I've never, for any other reason, contested a ticket. Mm -hmm. And when I see these guys on Beacon Hill and they're preying on people who are vulnerable while they're out there preaching to the rest of us about the fucking Me Too movement and and all this other political theater that they put on about how they care about women, it makes me sick. It almost makes me think Elizabeth Warren might have a point on a couple of things. Right? Yeah. Only because I've seen it myself. Like, right. if we were just dealing with this as a news story I wasn't connected to, I would totally be on the other side of this story. Totally. Right. I'd be like, well, Diana, oh, you get sexually harassed. Boo-hoo. Right. Move on with your career. Why right. are you talking about this?
4: Right.
5: But because I know what happened, because I was there. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I wasn't there in the status when it happened, but I was I was involved in that issue. Um, it sickens me that she has to go to this length. Mm-hmm. You would think these guys would have shut up mm-hmm. and said, yes, you know what, Diana, you're right. We should change that policy. Everybody votes yes, and none of this would to come out.
0: Right. Well, I look forward to hearing the audio from this, and maybe we can That's have gonna, it next it's gonna week.
5: That's going to be great. That's yeah. going to be great. <laughs> yep. Go, Diana. She'll be at the bash. She'll be, she comes every year. We, always, we gave her the First Amendment award last year. She
0: sang year. one year. She
5: did. She, she did. sang <laughs> a couple yep. of She happy. <laughs> right. She's pretty good, too. We gave her the First Amendment award last year for this very reason. Yeah. right? Because she's willing to stand up to her own party.
4: Right.
1: Well- Bash is going to be quite something. That's coming up March 23rd, right? It is March 23rd, a week from tomorrow, and okay. uh, preparations on, well underway. Um
5: we have a, it's a, Phil DeColiere came on the show a couple of weeks ago and yep. said it's not really the Valley Patriot Bash anymore. Right. He said it's really the Brenda and Maria Bash because they're the ones that do all the work now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's and Tom, right. he goes and Tom just crashes it and takes all the credit <laughs> the last minute.
0: And eats sushi up at the front.
5: Right. Right. Well, I used to have someone who brought me sushi? Because I can't eat what we're oh. Salvatore's donates the food, right? But I can't eat any of it because uh, of my diet. Okay. But sushi is one of the things that I can eat. Yeah. and I love it anyway. Yep.
3: I have a question about your diet. Yeah, How yeah right. <laughs> does that Popeyes chicken fit into your diet? It's well, okay. <laughs> it's
1: only—it's a half a sandwich. Chicken. So that fits. <laughs> in. With a whole sandwich, he would be a terrible. Having
5: a problem. Yummy. Yeah, very good. Yeah, but I can't eat, like, sauce, and there's certain things I can't eat, and that's, you know, what uh, Salvatore's is donating the food that night, Salvatore's and Lawrence. Um, So I used to have a designated person to bring me my sushi, and it was usually, like, you know, the program starts at 7, bring it, like, around 7.30... Because that's going to be the first time I'm going to have a chance to sit down at my at my seat up on stage. And then I can actually kind of eat while people are making fun of me or doing whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And this year, the bash committee insists that I get my own sushi. Like, they, oh. every time I get someone to agree to do it, they call him up and go, no, don't do it. Make <laughs> him do it himself. Because we're doing all the work this year. He doesn't have to come in early at, like, 5 o'clock. You should have grade. that
0: awesome woman who owns Anaka come down to the bash.
5: We tried. That would be so, fantastic. We she won't do it? No, she won't do oh. it. Oh. Well, first, because she... Doesn't understand what I'm asking her half the time, because her English, her English is good when she's speaking it, but her understanding is not really as good as as you might think. Uh, we asked her to borrow a chair one day, and it was like 20 minutes ex- to explain what we were really asking. So, uh, but we did ask her one year. I'm not sure she understood what we were asking her, but I think she said no. So I I, I didn't want to push it because I guess I don't blame her. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like why would she want to put up with me? So obviously. Bash is for a very good cause, supports some very, you know, worthwhile, needy people in the yep. Lawrence area, and all of that is supported by a number of sponsors. Yes. Right? Is it too late to sponsor the Bash, or is it no, still time? It's not too late to sponsor the Bash. Okay. We have, so, what do people do if they want to sponsor? All
5: right. So, you can go on eventbrite.com, and you can, right. and you can uh, be a sponsor that way by plugging in this little thing for sponsors or donations. Yep. You can mail a check to us at the Valley Patriot okay. at 75 Main Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. Um, of any amount that you like. Um, you can also use PayPal. Uh, okay. Our PayPal is at Valley Patriot. Yep. Um, and if you want to just come over to me when I'm walking around the streets of Lawrence and just hand me cash, that's okay <laughs> too. I go.
1: Always take care I've had right? people do yeah. that. I've had people. like really?
5: hey, Wait, you're Tom Duggan? And I go, yeah. And they're like, and I, I don't even know where that's going to go after I say yeah, because uh-huh. <laughs> I'm in Lawrence too, because you know half right. the people hate me, half the people love me. Yeah. And then it's like, do you have any tickets on you? I've been following you on Facebook. I want to come to your thing. Yep. And they like hand me forty dollars cash. I give them a check. I give them a, a, a ticket. So uh, you could do, there's different sponsor levels. You can do $250, 350 $500 gold sponsor. And for the 1000 and 2000 if somebody wants to write a check directly to the student, we're giving scholarships out that night. Right. So if someone wants to write it, Uh, and and you want to give $1,000 or $2,000 and you wanted to go for the scholarships, you can write your check out to the Lawrence High School Alumni Association. They're a 501c3. We're not. We get no tax breaks for what we're doing at all. But we work with Lawrence High Alumni. So if you want a tax break and you want to give a big check, um, make your check out to the Lawrence High School Alumni Association. And in the subject box in the bottom, put Valley Patriot Bash. And we will have you at the bash come up and hand the check to the kid That's awesome. and, take That's pretty your, great. and take your picture and put it in the newspaper. That's and great. and so if you have a business, we'll promote your business. We'll give you uh, ads in the program. We'll give you free ads in the Valley Patriot. We're going to talk about some people who sponsored later on on yep. the show. Um, this is really – it's a good night for us to give back because, quite frankly, I didn't think we'd make 14 months of publishing the Valley Patriot. much mm-hmm. was 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we're going to be here for a 15th because every year we think things are good and then you never know what's going to happen. Right. And, so, uh, I don't know. We have um, a ton of great sponsors. I didn't bring up the list, but we'll do it when we come back from the first break. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there. We've got Johnny Joyce, the comedian. Excellent. He's going to be there. He's excellent. Boston's yep. best. He's got the Boston's Best Award for comedians, which is one of the reasons that we wanted him. We also told him to go through the Valley Patriot. Um, you've seen John Mallory's gig, right? Yeah. Right. he's come. So we wanted to be a little bit more like that. Right. Um, just to piss off Maria, but don't tell her. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and, and so we told him to go through this edition of the Valley Patriot and pick local stories because most of the people that we wrote about except Jim DeJuga were all going to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said, make sure you talk about Jim DeJuga and make fun of him. But everybody else that we've written about this month is actually going to be at the event. So nice. you, you can pick on them. Great. And then at the very – I'm going I'm to let something out because I know she's not watching, right? What time is it? Yeah, she's still in school. Um, so one of the things we're going to do, and we're going to do a couple of things like this during the night, but just to give you a preview of what you're going to miss if you don't come to this event, mm-hmm. every year at the beginning when we start to do the Lawrence High School scholarships, we enlist the um, the ROTC from Lawrence High School because it shuts up the room. like Because we have a room full of veterans and cops and firefighters and regular people that you know, the minute these guys walk into the room and they present colors, everyone shuts up and they march in and then they line up in front of the stage with their, with their uh, flags and I guess a couple guys on the end have their guns. So every year they do this for us for free and every year they come, they march in and then they leave and they go home. And we never get a chance afterwards to kind of thank them or whatever. So this year when we were picking scholarships, I called Superintendent Riley, who's been a guest on this show, and said, do you have a kid in the ROTC that could use a scholarship? Let's give it to the one of the kids that's going to march in the room, but they don't know it. Nice. They think they're just coming to march in Excellent. and do colors, and then right. they're, they're going to go home and go to the movies with their friends, right? right. Yep. And instead, this girl's mom is going to be in the room and dad are going to be in the room. That's awesome. And she's going to march in to do colors, and we're going to have a World War II veteran go over and take her flag and dismiss her, and then we're going to pull her out. We're gonna give, we, we have a 1000 set aside for her. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to raise another 1000 in the next week. I'd love to give this girl $2,000. Because the ROTC programs are starting to disappear across the country. Most right. of them are funded by grants by the NRA. Uh-huh. And public schools, because of what's going on with all this, all this gun stuff, public schools are now starting to not accept those grants in a lot oh, of communities. Okay. And so this services, I think, everyone. We can try and help this kid who's an ROTC student. Uh, we can help promote the ROTC program, and hopefully others will step forward and do that too. Right. That's awesome. Um awesome. And but we're but we're also you know helping to meet our obligation of at least giving some scholarships to Lawrence High School kids. Yeah. Yep. And she's a Latina on top of it, so um, you know she lives in a poor community. She lives in a poor neighborhood in a poor community, and she's doing the right thing. She wants to serve her country. She's enlisting, uh, and I thought it would be a really nice thing to do, and it's going to be a big surprise That's for awesome. us. We get nice. four or five other things like that. Yeah. So if if that sounds like something that you'd enjoy seeing. You need to go on Eventbrite.com and buy tickets. They're like that's $40 right. a piece in you advance. you got to be there. It's 45 at the door, so just get them in advance. It right. makes it easier for you. Absolutely. And and I'll,
3: uh, I'll have the link for the uh, Eventbrite in oh, the that's great. YouTube Terrific. channel. Video. All right. Oh, thank you. We all appreciate
5: right. that. Thank you. The voice of, the voice of God, Mr. Jonathan. <laughs> there you go. So, what do we have also? Anything else for us? I, I think we're out of time on, on news. I had a news thing, but I guess I don't. We'll talk about it when Paul gets up here. Sounds, Sounds good. He's probably getting very impatient. I just don't want you guys to leave because Meredith hasn't been here for a couple <laughs> weeks. And I need, like, extra time with her now, okay. you know. So thank you guys for coming. Thank I appreciate you. it. Now thank you. tell everybody what you guys do and why you are here. No, it's your turn.
1: Well, we are here. Well, first of all, oh, we're I here to my support Tom Duggan. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> it won't take too long. All right. All um, right. We are here not only as people who support Tom Duggan of the Valley Patriot and also as his agents. So if you're looking to book Tom for uh, a speaking engagement, you know, come talk to your group about uh, media or law enforcement issues, anything like that. You can uh, find him through us. Um, but we also have our own public relations agency uh, specializing in communication and marketing for small businesses as well as political candidates throughout the Merrimack Valley, really throughout Massachusetts. And we also have our own real estate brokerage called Lyric Properties. And I'm also an attorney by trade. So and you guys, do a little bit of everything. And you guys have been sponsoring the
5: Valley Patriot off and on, going back, if I'm remembering right, going back to like... Maybe 2009, right? Yep, at that's least. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, so, that's when
0: we started our business. Right. That's right. Yep. I
5: remember getting up at the first bash you guys attended, and you were sitting in the back, right in the middle.
4: Yep. And yep. I got
5: up at the microphone, and there's now like 600 people in the room, right? That's right. But I looked, and at first I saw Meredith, so I was all happy. <laughs> yeah. So I looked, and I saw Fred and Meredith in the back, and I went, you know what? Fred and Meredith came. F- Meredith used to work for the Eagle Tribune, right? Fred used to work for a state rep that I didn't really get along all that well with, and I'm like, you know what? And they came and they supported us. That's 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 that's, that's how I feel like. I when I get to the microphone, I see certain people in the room. I go, you know what? We're doing a good thing here. This is awesome. Absolutely,
0: happy to do it. Absolutely.
3: The only thing I, I've heard Fred have an opinion about. It. Right,
5: right. That's one,
1: opinion. <laughs> That's
0: one opinion. That's one.
5: That's it. You are fired. <laughs> uh, I told you. I we're know. See what I tell you. <laughs> I told you we're gonna That's push right. you. Yes. I said, we're the first him. time we have an opinion, it's <laughs> about right. you. Right. It's a good opinion, and now right. I get fired. It right, Doesn't matter what the opinion is. Wow. <laughs> All right. We're gonna give you one more chance because you're her ride. So. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
5: Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Hopefully We're gonna see next week. I think we're gonna do a bash preview show. Awesome. That should be fun. Jeff Deal's gonna be here. I think we're still on with Jeff Deal. Um, and then you might want to stick around. I was hoping you would talk about Jeff Deal during the news because I have a Jeff Deal kind of story. So if you guys want to hang around, don't like don't run away right right after the uh, break. The news continues. Yeah, we got some good stuff about Frank Licata, the guy that works oh, for Shiva and yeah, yeah. Wow, wait till you guys find out what this clown did. <laughs> Wow, And it may end up being a really, really big story because I saved all the text messages. Uh And this guy's running a United States Senate campaign. Oh, wow. Wow. I may actually give it to Tucker Carlson. (laughs) No, I'm seriously thinking about doing that because Tucker's had Shiva on his show. And I just want to show him what kind of a guy he's dealing with, you know. So, all right. Hey, listen, that's the music. That means Mr. Jonathan wants us to take a quick break. Paul Morano, my co-host, will be here to disagree with everything I say from this point forward in the show. Thank you for uh, listening to the Paying Attention podcast. Back after this.
1: This is Speaker Newt Gingrich, and I'm listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan.
6: He carried a gun for good to protect the rest of us. You carried a gun because you were a street terrorists, and that's what you are. It is incumbent upon the court to impose the sentence of death.
7: That is all. Take him away. This is the Paying Attention Radio Program. <laughs> this is
3: Mike Capuano, you're listening to Paying Attention, and you should. Okay?
2: This is former Louisiana Governor Buddy Romer, and you're listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan, where everybody gets it, even in Louisiana. Hey, gang, this is the money man. Anybody, where's the party? Right here with my good buddy Tom Duggan. Where else? Meow.
7: This is the Paying Attention Radio Program. Give me
5: one specific example of what I have done that has been against the Hispanic people that is racist.
7: If
4: I will attain the convenience to the Latin American people, you say no.
7: This is the Paying Attention Radio Program.
1: Attention cigar smokers. Looking for cigars? Look no further than Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's never a gamble at Two Guys Smoke Shop with three locations in tax free New
2: Hampshire and over a million cigars on hand. We don't play around. Two Guys Rock. Two Guys Rock. With a billion choices in store, ye have Christopher Columbus rolled those leaves. Rudyard Kipling, gave Maggie the heave. And seven named so come enjoy a great cigar at Two Guys Smoke Shop.
1: This is Havel Mayor Jim Fiorentini, and you're listening to Paying Attention Radio.
2: Um, well, this is Valley Patriots' puppy girl, Kate Whitney, and you are listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan. <laughs> and Tom Duggan's really sexy. There
5: you go. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the show. You can't top that. Puppy girl, Kate Whitney, she's going to be. No, she didn't mean it. I
6: don't
5: know who cares if she means it. She said it.
7: This is Lou Rita here So you raise the devil, don't you? I do. I like people like that. Do you really? Yeah, I do that too sometimes. Yeah. Thank you. I love your show. Thank if, you very if, much. And can I tell you, I am paying attention. This is Mitt Romney. Uh, this is
6: Robert Reich. This is State Auditor Joe Donucci This is Warren Tolman. This is
7: Steve Grossman. And then you're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Paying Attention radio program. Paying Attention.
5: People just suck. I'm telling you, Paul. I don't know how. I don't it's know how, Paul. I don't know how you have such a, a, a positive outlook on uh, humanity. Hey, Rich. Well, how you doing? We're doing this little radio show here, and if you could just kind of keep it down just a little bit, that'd be really good. You know. I don't know if you notice the big set and everything up here. Um, Yes, quite an audience today. So what was I saying? I get distracted very easily. Actually, I don't get mad Hmm. so
6: much that they're talking. I get mad really at myself that I'm so easily distracted. You are. You have, uh, like you said earlier, you have uh, massive adults um, disorder. Uh, I do. uh, What is it? ADHD? ADD. Okay. No, it would just be the regular ADD. Okay. I'm old school. All right. I'm not for this newfangled
5: (laughs) ADHD stuff. (laughs) They keep yeah. adding stuff to it. I know. You know,
6: you know once you get letters, the, the, you always add to them. You notice yep. that? I say just I think don't you have bother AMD. With that. Don't even bother with
3: Attention the letters. Attention Meredith Disorder, because you only That's really true. get distracted <laughs> when she's around.
4: <laughs> That's very true.
5: ADMD. It's very true. And now that the redhead has left the building, Fred, you could be in trouble. You could be in trouble. So, all right. I was going to say something. Something about
6: humanity. You I, don't know how. I don't
5: understand, Paul, how yes. you can have
6: such a positive outlook on humanity. I don't get it. Uh, well, do I always? And yeah, not always. For the
5: most part, you're like you're all like positive and, and about like you know human nature and all that stuff, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, people suck. Well, if the you, problem with people like you, okay, what's the problem? Well, that with that us. sounds like really like, you people. Can't wait, you people. The problem, the problem with, with people, you people like you is, is that you believe people
6: are basically good. Not necessarily. Oh, you don't.
5: Okay, uh, good. All right. Well, then, fine. Maybe I, I'm wrong. I, believe, I have more respect
6: for you if you don't. I believe that ever since we uh, we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that we all have a mixture of good and evil in us. So I don't think that everybody is purely good or purely evil. All right. All right. Sound like a politician. <laughs> did I say anything about purely? No. You added something to it, so you could not answer my question. And make uh, it seem like you did. Uh, well, I think I think we're a mixture. I think you're a mixture. You think I'm a mixture. Yeah, I think you're a mixture. No, I think I'm way evil. Uh, you got a lot of evil there. There's a lot yeah, of evil I can, there. I can see it in you. Yes. But, uh, but uh, there's a lot of good too. No, I don't see that at all. There's uh, a
3: nobility to your evilness. This like is Robin what Hood. <laughs>
5: this is well, that's true. You know, that actually yeah. is way more true now that I'm thinking yeah. about it than than I probably would have admitted on any other time. Um, but no, I'm just I'm an evil person. I don't. You see, so you yeah. see good in me, and I don't want I don't want you to give me a list or anything because I can't no. even imagine there would be one. But like. I can't imagine how you could see good in a guy like me. Like I go out of my way to even try to be evil.
6: I I don't agree that you see yourself as evil. You don't think Uh, that? No, I don't think that. I think 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 it's all theater. I think it's a little theater and a little self-convincing. Because I, I also think that you think that you're good in as much as what you do for work. You think that's very noble, yes. and it's very important, yes. and you do it uh, very, uh, very well. So, and selflessly. And selflessly. I made $29,000 last year. <laughs> so, so there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of good there. Just like me, there's a lot of evil. There's a lot of good. So we have to work on it. All right. All right. I think they're building a wing onto uh, Two Guys Smoke Shop. I'm not I mean, sure if they can hear that. If but they can we do can. that in my honor. That's okay. As <laughs> long as
5: you name the wing after me, you can interrupt my show all yes. I want. I don't care.
6: But I tell you what, uh, Tom, I am yes. happier than a uh, roo- uh, room without a roof. I just wanted to let you know than that. Than a room without a roof. Yes. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out what that means, but yeah. I'll go me with too. it. Me too. Me too. Uh, I heard you talking about Diana Dezog- DeZoglia. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Before okay. the break. She's kicking ass right now. She's kicking ass. That was the song that she sang at your bash, Happy. Yes. She sings Happy. And we never understood with that uh, particular alignment. Right. I
5: think we spent the whole show on that we, once, didn't we? A
6: good half hour on it. At yeah. least. Right? So
5: um – I have one thing I want to talk about, but do you have a topic first? Oh, i got about seven. All right, because I was going to go first because I, I wanted Meredith to hear it. I said, stick around after the first break,
6: but she yeah, didn't. Yeah, and, and there's smoke behind her. Fred, she, went, she left so Fred fast. Fred
5: pulls her out of here so <laughs> fast after they're done. You wouldn't believe how fast he pulls her out of here. All
6: right, Tommy Duggan, the chief. I, uh, I heard you had mentioned a little bit about National Walkout Day, but I just want to mention a couple of things, too. Um, National Walkout Day happens yesterday, and uh, there was a protest, a student protest, and I, when I say students, I don't mean college. I mean high school, and I'm not sure maybe middle school was involved. Okay. Uh, protest against gun violence. Gun okay? violence. Yeah. Guns are bad. So, so across the nation, all kids left for about, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. and then yeah, they How came, many of those th- kids never went back to class they, after they, that? Come <laughs> on. Who are you kidding? <laughs> then they came back in. Now, I have three questions to ask about this, Tom, and I know all you right. can weigh in for a second. Number one, the protest was against gun violence. Yes. Now, usually when you have a protest – You are protesting against people who don't believe what you believe? Right. How many people are for gun violence? Uh, I am. You're for gun violence, but I'm probably the only <laughs> guy. I'm
5: probably the only guy for gun
6: violence. Uh, no, you're for you're for defense. You're not right. for gun violence. It's well, so
5: violent, though. If someone comes at me and they try yeah. and shoot me, I'm going to shoot them first, and that's going to be pretty yeah. violent. Right. Um, and I think what we 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 oversimplify the concepts that we teach kids, especially in public schools, so they'll be easier to manipulate to the grown ups' political opinions. Mm. And so you know, they say these meaningless things like, "I'm against gun violence." You're right. Who's who's for gun violence? Right. I mean. If you think about it, we should all be for gun violence in in one way, which is for self-defense. Um, but saying you were – it's almost like – they're marching around with signs saying "bad people are bad."
6: Yes, we don't like badness. Yes, badness is bad. We don't like evil and violence. Okay. Down with being bad! Now I don't know how many people are are protesting for evil and violence. Right. Do you know of any? Not, not I don't many. know of any. No. Well, I don't know because we do see uh, actually. Yeah, yeah <laughs> now, now, now that we <laughs> talk, now that we
5: think about it, <laughs> let me uh, let me. Maybe that's again. a rabbit hole we might not want to go down. But at though. least they don't admit it. I'll get However, sensitive we're for least talking they about don't Muslims. Admit it. Zuckerberg will pull my Facebook account down so I'll be talking about Muslims. Funny,
6: you you, you went to Muslims, I went to abortion. uh, Mm.
5: Right, actually, yeah, we could talk about both of them, but we're not going to. But
6: that brings me to my next uh, point about National Walkout Day. National Walkout Day. And that is this. There was universal acceptance by the educational community. About this, they, they just allowed them to go. They thought it was a good thing. The students in, in the administrative They were,
5: organized it. Who are they kidding? They were on they board. They didn't allow
6: them to go. Yeah. They, no. they
5: they were telling the kids where to go. They were walking out with them. Now, how were many, standing
6: with them. No question. Now, how many other protests do you know that the administration and the teachers were, were on board?
5: Well, I can certainly see public right. school teachers... Allowing kids and helping kids organize a pro-life rally. That's exactly January, where I was going right? to go. Wouldn't
6: that be? That I mean, was my next breath. Don't
5: you think that they would be all happy? <laughs> and all these people on CNN and all these civil libertarians—they'd <laughs> right. all be out there going, "Oh my God, yes. that's you're using high schoolers are free speech." Right, you're using yes. children. You're, you're indoctrinating children. Yes, exactly. You're exactly. manipulating them. Right. But when they like it, then it's okay that we're manipulating kids because it's, it's to achieve the result that they want. That's this is what politics and news and society has become today. It's. We can make any argument that we want, even though it's completely contradictory to every other argument that we make, because it's going to achieve the end that we want, period. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's yeah. it. That's, the the ends mean,
6: justify the means when it comes Tucker to Watch Tucker
5: Carlson this. on any night, and you're going to see someone who comes on who is a complete hypocrite. Uh, and you can pick any number of topics. You can pick whether it's the immigration policy in California, whether it's the gun policy. Hmm. Um, They come on, and they're complete hypocrites about it. And when he calls them on it, all they do is they go back to talking points. They just start trying to run out the clock and talking over him so they can get out of the segment.
6: Tucker does, on a national level, um, I think what what you and I try to do on a local level. Here's what's funny about that. We try to expose the insanity. I
5: almost brought the video in, but I thought it would be too self-serving. We did a show last week. If you watched the show last week— Every single thing we said on that show last week, Tucker talked about last night, in the mm. way that we. It's, I'm almost convinced he, he listens to the show. Because <laughs> be he's crazy actually, not to. Because he actually said to the guy, what, what I said three shows ago, Jonathan was here, he, he had a guy on saying mm. that we should get rid of guns. He said, well, wait a minute, I'm reading your tweets. You say all police officers are racists, so you want only the racist cops to have guns? How does that work? And I'm like, wait a minute, I asked that, I asked that question three weeks ago you on my did show. Ask it. You did. So I almost – actually have it on DVR. Maybe mm. I'll bring it in next week. Everything that we've talked about in the last three weeks, he's actually talking about it. And he's probably not listening to my show. Yeah. But because we kind of think alike, that it's not really about what CNN is telling you it's about. You have to take a 30,000-foot view and see how that fits into everything else they say. You know, the legislature in Massachusetts, the Democrats, they're all with this Black Lives Matter, cops are evil. Then they pass a new law that allows the state troopers and the cops to pull you over – because they claim you were texting and driving. Well, if all the cops are racist thugs that are pulling over black people for being black, you just gave them one more tool to do that. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that they don't even really believe their own friggin' rhetoric. They don't.
3: What does it look like for a teacher that takes a stand against the walkout right. is my other question. Right. Are they fired immediately or do they wait they a couple don't. of weeks? No, they turn the
5: kids on them. It's all about mob rule.
6: I don't think the kids,
5: the kids will harass irony. that guy and treat him like crap until he quits. Probably. They'll call him a killer. Third
6: uh, third point about this, and it's not about the day particularly, but uh, there was a student protest yesterday at the Capitol, a rally, um, and uh, one of his lines, it's all over the news right now. The adults have failed us. Whose line? Uh, with the student. Oh, you know, a, student one with a, the a high school student okay. got up there, just like uh, Martin Luther King did, mm-hmm. and, you know, in the, in the, and he says, uh, the adults have failed us. This is in our hands now. <laughs> now- let me, let me ask you this. So far, the, the um, slippery slope of insanity has include a radical women's rights movement, a radical um, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, uh, a radical animal rights movement. There have been so many movements for people's rights and, and things rights or right. uh, animals rights. Do you think this is next? Children's rights. God, I hope not. Dude, this I, I don't know what it, what else is next a- after children's rights I think there'll be probably a a vegetable rights movement. Listen, none of the laws that we have about children in this country make
5: any sense at all when you look at, when you compare them to each other.
6: Mm-hmm. I mean,
5: do, well, let's just randomly pick one we haven't talked about. So, in Massachusetts, you can have sex with a sixteen-year-old girl and that's legal in Massachusetts. Okay, but if you take a picture of her naked, that's a felony. Yeah. Yeah. Now think about that for a minute You can have sex with her You can yeah. impregnate her And you can take her for an abortion A minor At 16 Right But if you take her picture
6: That's a felony Does right. that not tell you That our priorities are screwed up Our priorities are screwed up uh, Because one of the fun- uh, fundamental problems here Is that we have a false understanding of liberty Right If a 16 year old girl Consents to something Then I guess it's okay But what if she consents to have her picture taken like naked. Uh, I'm not advocating for it. I'm I just don't. saying it's, it's a screwed up priority. Actually, I don't know what the law would say about that. If, if it was proven that she said it was okay, and she even says it's okay. You'd have to have the video before the picture, right. you know, <laughs> your phone's no, but, timeline. But, but, but five, but what if,
5: five lawyers signing documents. But, but what the if whole somebody
6: thing? else brings it to law enforcement's attention, and she says, I'm okay with that. Is it okay? Yeah, no, it's still child pornography. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's still, it's still child so, pornography. So it's as it should, you're mean. right. It's it's uh, utterly contradictory. So
5: every we're, yes. we're we're now in a schizophrenic society where we don't even think about the things we believe yeah. and put them in the context of the other things that well, we believe to, no, see if we're to see if any of those things are consistent, because none of them
6: are consistent. None if, of them. If you uh, harm a woman and kill her preborn child, it's you can be tried for murder in many states. Right. Um, double murder double, that's what i'm saying murder yeah. for the unborn child yep. if the mother even uh, if the mother survives and the child dies you can be charged for murder uh, yet if uh the father and mother decide to murder the same child it's perfectly legal yep yeah. yeah there's there's you're right there are many contradictions today because we have become um we have thrown out reason. Right. Which, in our in but, our thinking but, but, and in our laws. But what's
5: funny is that those who advocate for evil, or those who advocate for those kinds of things, they're always the one to accuse people who are fighting for good of being hypocrites, right? Like I'm always i I'm always all of my liberal friends are always saying, Oh yeah, you're against abortion, which I am by the way, probably more radically than most people you know. Um, they say, Oh, you're 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 against abortion because it's killing, but you're for the death penalty. That's, that's hypocritical. Actually, no, it's not hypocritical. Because I'm not for the taking of innocent life. I'm not for the taking of innocent life. Constitution says that you should not be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. That child, that preborn child, has gotten no due process of law. No one has advocated for them. No one has walked into a court and said, no, this abortion shouldn't take place. This person should be allowed to live. That doesn't happen. However, to get the death penalty, you get lots of due process, way more due process than you sh- probably should get, including like mandatory appeals and everything else. So there's no inconsistency there, yeah. but they're always quick to try and point that out. They're always, now, they're, and you hear it too, because I've defended you on it. They also try and say, oh, well, you pro lifers, you only care about the baby before it's born, but then after it's born, it's right. screw them, we don't yeah. want to give them welfare. Well, you're right, we don't want to <laughs> give them welfare. It should be their family and the church and their neighbors should help them out. But if they don't, I'm all for giving welfare to somebody who chooses to have their child, and I'm pretty sure you are too, right?
6: I am, and you know that I am against the death penalty. Yes. Um, but I one, d- one of your fatal flaws. But I do not see it as a um, as a hipo- as a contradiction or right. hypocrisy, because of what you said. One is guilty, one is innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just see it as uh, a, a bad policy, but I don't see it as a hypocrisy. Regarding the born, that is that is utterly absurd. It's If you were to say all you care about people uh, before birth and after birth, I mean, um, do I go around stealing from, uh, pillaging, and killing people? Uh, of course not. So what, on what basis do you say that I don't care about people after they're born? I'm, the sorry, I'm o- sorry, I was making the a day The day only day 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 basis day that people are saying this is what you said. You're, you're not willing to have a social welfare state in order for the state to protect people once they're born. And, you know, um, you can have that political argument if you want as to what kind of uh, government you want. I just don't think that socialism is the the best one.
5: Yeah, I think what we have now is good. I don't think it's perfect, but at least in this country, unlike England, unlike Scotland, unlike Iran, at least in this country, you can't go to jail for saying stuff, Mm. at least not yet. It's coming, trust me, it's coming. But we still have a First Amendment in this country. It's still being interpreted as free speech and free press. I'm sure at some point the liberals who want the Constitution to be a living, breathing document and change with the times to suit their needs, I'm I sure that's going to change at some point. And I, I think have, it's coming much quicker than people think it is.
6: I have a two-word term for you, hate speech. That's its window. Yeah, I agree. That's where it's coming. I agree. There is no such thing as hate speech. You have free
5: speech. You have the freedom to be hateful. You have the freedom to be nice. If a fellow man, if your neighbor wants to put up with you being hateful, that's up to them to put up with it. it and if they don't me. want to put up with it, they can walk away from you and not listen to what you have to say. But there is no right against hate speech in this country. And all of these little snowflakes coming up in Generation Snowflakes are being indoctrinated by their public schools to believe that hate, that hate speech is an exception to free speech. Or that it should be an exception to free speech. And it's not and
6: it shouldn't be. It's uh, It reminds me of hate crimes. Yes. Uh, to me, any violent crime, any serious crime has hate in it. Right. Uh, by virtue of what it is, it harms people. Right. I don't understand the term. These
5: are all concepts that are used by it's, government officials and evil people to try and water down and deconstruct our constitution. And it's all about you pitting people against each other. Look at what's going on in England, in Scotland, in Germany. They're getting influxes of, of Muslim migrants, many of whom have lived in caves, many of whom have never had running water. And now you're putting them into a civilized society. And when they're destroying some of them, destroying neighborhoods, some of them, that whole rape ring, that childhood rape ring that they had, um, the police were actively looking the other way because they, they didn't want to be considered being hateful toward the Muslims because now Muslims are, quote, a protected class. Well, if you believe in equality, there shall be no such thing as a protected class. You either believe in liberty and having the personal freedom to treat people as individuals, or you don't. You believe in equality. And if you believe in equality, that means that an authoritarian government has to step in and make people equal. Because we're not equal, right? Mm. We have equal rights, but we're not equal. Some of us are born poor. Some of us
6: are born rich. Some of us are born beautiful. Some Some of us, like me, are born ugly. It's funny how uh, the most discriminated people in the world are ugly people, mm-hmm. and uh you know well no, as it should be though, it's face <laughs> <in. laughs> it's It's kind of funny to say it that way, but ugly people and heavy people are are you know are, are the most discriminated people in the world how yes. many How many jobs relating to the public whatsoever are filled with very unattractive people um not many. Not many. No. No. And by the way, I mean, just
5: uh, let's apply that now to what we were talking about earlier. Like, put on CNN. They all care about mm. not objectifying women. They're always lecturing us about the Me Too movement. Any fat, ugly women on CNN no. coming out to do the news any day? Of course not. No. Any 80, 90-year-old no. women who are very competent, that could be very good news women, that could come on and, uh, and do the news? No. No, I don't see them either. No. Not on CBS? NBC? MSNBC? Yeah. Well, Ta- MSNBC's got a couple ugly I ones. I know. I know some they good- got
6: Rachel Madcow. Uh, well, that's true But she's a protected class That's, right, that's uh, why she's right, she's there right.
3: Tom's just um, mad because he yeah. likes the fat bitches right, that's Okay, alright
6: Well, you know Listen, I can't even deny that I, I'm a chubby chaser it's If you're true. attracted to heavy women I, It's true Not much I'm going to say about I've been, that Listen,
5: I've been staring at the screen yeah. For the last three weeks at Brianna Keeler okay. And every, every day I look at her and go She can't get any more beautiful than what she is mm. And then the next day I look and go Damn it, she actually looks better today than yesterday. She gained a little weight. And everything's she's, every, put on she's 10 pounds. gaining weight. Yeah. And then today yeah. I flipped it on, they finally did a side view. She's pregnant. She's like 8 months pregnant. Oh. Now now I get it. Now All I know right. why she's been looking better.
3: Uh, and so now went, she just got hotter to me.
5: Right? So I went on I went on Twitter yesterday before I found out she was pregnant and I'm like, mm. "Wow, Brianna Keel has gained a lot of weight." And people started jumping on me like I was insulting her. I wasn't insulting her. I was like, <laughs> "I I like it. What are you talking about? Why are you yelling at me for?"
6: You know, when you when you create your own news station called Just News, yes. Uh, you should hire only fat women. That's never All gonna right? happen. <laughs> only very uh, heavy women. If,
5: if they look like Annie Nicole Smith, maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because that's what I like. I thought she was the big most boned.
6: Yeah. yeah, I like big, big bones. Yeah, big big bone. a lot of meat wrapped around. Right, like big but I like curves
5: though. I like curves. That's I don't like round. I like curves. I like, like chubby. So when I say chubby, people think fat. I didn't say fat. Okay. I said right. chubby. I, stand I, I like curves. So if you're really tall, I don't care how yeah. heavy you are, because if you get a lot of curves, I'm in.
6: You like you like curves. I like curves. All right. Uh, you want to go to something else?
5: Now, some people would say that's sexist, but <laughs> it happens to be true. You like curves. So why, why, shouldn't, why shouldn't I be able to talk? If a, if a gay guy can talk about being gay, and if you say anything about it, that makes you a homophobe, why can't a heterosexual guy talk about what he likes?
6: Why can't a heterosexual guy talk about what he likes, Paul, without I think- it being considered some kind of ism? I think if you say it to the woman themselves, that begins the, the door into harassment, according to our culture.
5: Yeah, um, I always, I always but, thought that was called flirting. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I guess I grew up in a backward generation. We considered going over and telling a woman she looks mm-hmm. beautiful flirting. And I yeah. tell women all the time that they look. And by the way, very rarely do I get a complaint. I think very
6: I, rarely. I think you should have a show dedicated and have a couple of women on. Dedicated to the difference between Men and women Flirting or or telling somebody that they're beautiful Versus where it turns into harassment I got a
5: better idea Let's go back to our original idea And do a whole show on relationships Yes Because that was the funniest show we ever did By far that was the best show we ever did Yes That was good Um, People still find that online too It's amazing Mm -hmm. Like we now have like a Like a I think I started the paying attention radio program in 1999 on CCM All of those shows are still up online somewhere And so, randomly, I get, like, in a month, I get maybe eight or nine emails from people who happen upon old material of some kind and want to comment on it. And I still get comments on that show a lot.
4: Oh, yeah? Yeah.
6: It still gets listened to a lot by people online. Very good. So, what else you got, Paul? A religious studies major was barred from a Christianity class at Indiana University of Pennsylvania for saying during that class... That there are only two genders.
5: Okay. You could have stopped it saying. Read it again and stop it saying. (laughs) All
6: right. Let me see this. Uh, A religious studies major was barred from his Christianity class at Indiana University of Pennsylvania for saying. Yeah. Stop there. It's wrong. Oh, by the way. It's wrong.
5: You're stopping somebody because they said something? Yes. Because they said something. Yes. In a college. Where it's supposed to be a bastion of free ideas and exchange of ideas. Yes. And let the kids who hear these debates decide for themselves after hearing all sides. Yes. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed what to be. What they are is they're little, their little Eichmann universities now where they're indoctrinating kids to hate America and be fascists. But they're Do left-wing fascists. Do
2: you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?
6: Now, who's this? <laughs> Professor, uh, yeah. apparently. Okay. Yes, that was her. Um, after this is going to relate to what you're saying. After yeah. showing a 15-minute TED talk by cha- uh, transgender ex-pastor Paula Stone Williams uh, discussing the reality of mansplaining, mansplaining
5: uh, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome,
6: uh, sexism for men, male privilege, etc. Let me just stop right there. Um, it's it, you know it can be challenging to continue to uh, keep up with the the age of uh, the uh, terminology within the age of in- insanity because yes. it continues. To this is the age of insanity. You get that n- right? No question. Uh, and that's what I call it every uh, every beneath the surface show that I do. By the way, I do a show on beneath the surface. You should you should introduce me that way. Okay. Paul Morano from beneath the surface. All right, I'll do that. Um, but yes. So this 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 term, I suppose it's been around for a little bit. Mansplaining. Uh, I don't fully understand it yet, but I would I would venture to guess that a man does not have a right to give his opinion or give his take on things. You're close. Because he is a man and logic. Is no longer in season Or preferred By this progressive uh, movement You're close today. It
5: was a long way around You kind of said the same thing But you went mm. all the way around the world to get there
6: Because men are, are uh, They relate to logic very it's, often A
5: man is not allowed to defend himself So men can be attacked by anyone And if you try mm. to defend yourself You are mansplaining
6: You're mansplaining, mansplaining. yourself out of it Right okay.
5: Because the same people that tell us Labeling and stereotyping is evil and wrong are the same people who label and stereotype men and white people and Catholics and Christians and people who belong to the NRA and anyone they don't like. So while they're all lecturing us about labeling and stereotyping, they're lying. They're obviously lying. They don't even believe what they're saying because in the next breath, they label and stereotype by using phrases like mansplaining. Now imagine we change man to woman. Yeah, and we have a term called woman splaining, where every Woman's- time you come home from work and you say, "How come dinner's not done?" and she starts telling you how busy she was with the kids, you hold your hand up and go, "Hold on, I'm not going to listen to your woman splaining."
6: <laughs> no woman splaining here today. That wouldn't be considered. That this would, is a woman splaining free zone. Right. Absolutely. That wouldn't be considered sexist, would it, Paul? No, not at all. No, but apparently it's okay
5: the other way because we live in a schizophrenic society where we say we believe in these concepts.
6: The only quote unquote. But
5: we've never even thought through what we actually believe.
6: The only group or class of people. That can be publicly and even legally um, de- discriminated against, as you know. We happen to be a part of Yeah, white men. White males. And
5: it's a conscious attack by a political movement. And they teach in these colleges that the white man is the bane of existence. Uh, that all the evils in the world have been committed by white men. And what they're marching toward is the eradication of white men. And by the way, they share that in common with the far, far right of the Ku Klux Klan and the neo-Nazis who claim to care about their white heritage but hate Jews who are white. Yes. Right? Yes. So, you know, uh, Tucker says I something do. all the time about how the revolution always eats itself. That's true. Imagine if the far right, if the Ku Klux Klan or the neo-Nazis got their way and they killed all the blacks and all the Asians and everybody of every other color uh, and they killed the Jews... Now they're the only ones left.
6: I don't think they, they like Catholics all that much either.
5: Okay, so let's say they kill yeah. all the Catholics. They kill everybody except for them. Once mm. that is achieved, they're going to find some other segment of their society that they're going to hate. Oh, and yeah. they're going to oh, co- yeah. and they're gonna continue. So they, it just it eats itself. It's self-loathing. Yeah, it's hate, self-hatred.
6: Hate does not end.
5: And it's on the far left and it's on the far right. And, and there's no difference between the far left and the far right. The Southern Poverty Law Center is no different than the Ku Klux Klan and the, and the neo-Nazis in America today. They're not. There's no difference. They just are seeking a different means to eradicate the group they don't like. And eventually, the left is starting to eat itself. We're starting to see it in Hollywood. All these men who went out there and promoted all of these ideas, all these ridiculous things in movies, promoted violence, uh, preached to us about labeling and stereotyping. Well, they were the ones out raping women in order to have them be in their movie. If you want to be in my movie? You have to sleep with me. And by the way, bring your sister, too. Mm-hmm. Right? The Harvey Weinstein stuff.
6: Javi Weinstein is not just one guy. Javi Weinstein is every freaking producer in Hollywood. I think another way that they'll they'll end up eating themselves is when more and more, the, uh, and I'm putting this in quotes, transgender women enter male uh, excuse me female sports. And um, You're going to get me thrown off Facebook it's, now. I'm it's gonna going to share my to, opinion on this. <laughs> it's going to happen more and more in the Olympics, and I wouldn't be surprised within five years or so it begins to happen with professional sports. Right. Right. That's how uh, the women's movements and the transgender movements might uh, have a clash
5: Well, listen, we are headed for a revolution Mm -hmm. in this country It's already started, most people don't know it We've already lost a lot of our free speech rights Most people don't know it The press has certainly lost their rights And by the way, a pox on the House of the Press Because they're willingly marching into the oven I mean, when a guy like James Rosen has the FBI and other intelligence agencies James Rosen is a, a reporter for Fox News they went through his mother's emails. They tapped his parents' phones. They read through his emails, his wife's emails. Um, they they put this guy under a microscope, and spied on him. Why legally? Do we know? Well, because somebody in the government had fed him information that was considered classified. He was working on the story, and in order to find out who gave, in order to find out who go- gave him the information, and out the leaker or the traitor, depending on what side of that you're on, I guess. Um, they figured that they, if they surveilled him yes. Eventually this guy would pop up somewhere On a voicemail or a text message And they could find out who he was hmm. But see we don't allow that in a free country That's illegal And we, we, you have to go before a judge You have to get a warrant You have to do things that are legal And follow the constitution And they didn't do any of that And they're not doing that In a lot of other cases too yeah,
6: How much do you think the government does that Without the public knowing? I think it's every day and
5: I think they do whatever the hell they want. I don't think anybody is restrained by anything in Washington. And the only time people start restraining anything is when they get caught. Yeah. When somebody leaks yeah. something and they get caught. Because short of that, you look at what... Look, look. the FBI surveilled the Trump campaign during a presidential election to skew the election to another candidate. Now, the Democrats can cry about Russia all they want. They might not even be wrong. Maybe Russia did hack Podesta's emails, maybe they did try and skew the election to a Donald Trump. But that's not the FBI. We can't control what the Russians do. We can control what the FBI does. We can control what the CIA does. We have laws in place. These same people that cried about the... Don Lemon cries about the uh, the Patriot Act every time it comes up, and yet he cheers on every time the, the the FBI goes after somebody he doesn't like and does it illegally. So the press isn't defending... The press is not only not taking advantage of a free press by being the press but they're cheering on the demise of a free press i mean you everybody at cnn gave money to hillary clinton they campaigned for her on the air every single day before the election and disguised it as news there is no free press left the only free press is independent press like the valley patriot like whav in haverhill is owned by tim coco like the methuen loop newspaper in methuen which is owned by tim wood Anything that's independently owned, you still have free speech. Try working for a newspaper and tweeting out you don't agree with transgender people. You don't have a job. Period. You don't. Hmm. And we're losing a lot of our freedoms and it's incremental and and the press is just happily marching themselves into the oven. I don't understand it.
6: I have noticed, even on Fox News, that in the past few years they've spoken less and less... Uh, to the point of silence on particular issues. Yes. Less about uh, the pro life issues, um, never about transgender issues or homosexual issues. Um, there's probably some uh, other well, pressure. About, they talk about
5: transgenders a lot, at least on CNN. That's what I watch every day.
6: Yeah, but uh, in, in, a, in a way that uh, that builds up this. Uh, yeah, that's, this that, that's true. Yeah. What you're saying
5: is they're preaching to us about their side of that issue, but there's right. no actual open discussion about it.
6: Right. Well, look,
5: I got got banned from Facebook for three days. I couldn't access my account. I couldn't answer instant messages because the fascists at Facebook didn't like the fact that I posted a news story about a girl who's transitioning to being a boy who's on a wrestling team. She's taking male hormones, and she's winning all kinds of championships. Right. So I posted the story and said, I don't understand why everyone around this mentally ill girl is feeding into her mental illness by pretending along with her. Now, you can agree or disagree with that in a free society, but Facebook decided that you didn't have the right to agree or disagree with that, and they took it down and banned me for violating their hate clause of whatever their policy is. That's amazing. And, and for three days, now I'm trying to organize a charity bash. I'm trying to get sponsors for scholarships. I'm trying to do all these things. I use Facebook to do all of it because I'm networked with 11,000 people on Facebook. And for three days, we couldn't raise money. For three days, I couldn't do business. For, for three days, I couldn't even answer instant messages from people who were saying, hey, how much are tickets? What, what's the date of your event again? For three days. And the reason was because Facebook doesn't believe that that opinion even deserves to be discussed. It is way, so off topic that debating and discussing that is dangerous somehow to our democracy, Folks, this is what's coming. Hate speech. It's here now, and it's only going to get worse. I think Donald Trump can kind of hold back the tide a little bit
6: for and however long he's president. That's exactly what I've been saying. But the
5: minute he's it's gone, a, it's going to go full fledged back in the opposite direction, and the no Democrats question. will say we need to fix all the stuff Donald Trump did, all the hate that he did.
6: And they'll go overboard, and, and, and it'll be an avalanche.
5: Yep. And they always do. And you watch; it's going to happen. You're going to watch. That's what la- I've
6: been telling people. Donald Trump is a temporary dam. Yep. I agree.
5: That's why he's got to get that damn wall like built now, like yesterday.
6: Like, don't go That's out crazy. there and look
5: at prototypes. Go out there with brick and mortar and start building. Like, we'll figure it out as you're building it. But it's got to be done like yesterday. And it has nothing to do with race. And anybody who says it has something to do with race is just as much of a liar as people who say that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is about land. Okay, these are made-up concepts to distract people from what's really going on. Makes me sick. Let me ask you something. Sure. Hey Paul, why don't you ask me
6: something? Let me ask you something.
5: Um we gotta talk about our sponsors at some point.
6: Yeah. Too. This 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 3:30. whole thing about a wall. A right? wall. Yeah. Yes. We need a wall. We need a wall. Now, and a moat. Right? Yeah. And yes. piranhas. Piranhas. And mines no in question. the moat. Crocodiles.
5: Crocodiles. Yeah.
6: You forgot your crocodiles. Snipers
5: on top of the and yeah. then I want electric fences that go down like at least half a mile so they can't tunnel underneath it. All right,
6: let me challenge you on this. Um on the surface, I agree with you. Yes. Uh, on the surface I think we need a wall it would be awesome. Yes. Uh, because every country should be uh, you know allowed uh, to uh, to uh, to protect its borders okay I, I get all that and I I'm, I'm totally on board walls depending on how they're built are pretty permanent wouldn't mm-hmm. you say yep they're pretty darn permanent that's the th- point look, look at the Great wall of China by the way that's the point the uh, Democrats that, that's, don't that's want a
5: wall they want like electronic stuff that they can disable later on
6: now I want you to use your imagination okay all right? in 50 100 200 years from now uh, the United States gets so tyrannical, all right, so I know exactly where you 're going so with this. evil, yeah people want to start fleeing just to save their own lives right now they can 't go south because there 's a huge wall, right so luckily can't go north- still- you can go north because that 's where all the Muslims are, and well <laughs> were well, you talking twenty years right uh, well, I was thinking that all the all the crazy liberals are, but okay. uh,
5: No, listen, they're all going to be speaking Arabic in 20 years up up in Canada, trust me. So
6: the wall could actually go against us is what I'm saying eventually. You're right,
5: but I'm not going to be here, and right now I want my family protected. Right now I want my neighbors protected. I want my community protected, and we have people who stream across the border, not all of them. I don't know what percentage, and I don't care what percentage, but there are enough of them coming here who are members of gangs, who mm -hmm. are... Who are coming here for drugs, who are coming here to sell drugs, to sell guns, to sell people, to enslave people, to come here and demand that we give them free stuff to try and destroy our economy. There's an entire effort, there's an entire movement. Trump was right about that. And it's partly from the Mexican government, it's partly from the drug cartels, and it's partly from uh, the terrorists. But it's there. And so, yeah, are there some people coming across the border who are wonderful people who just Mm. want to come here for a better life? I'm sure there's a lot of them, maybe even even most of them. I don't know what the percentage is. I don't count them as they come across the border. But I see the bad people who are here, who are members of MS-13, who are illegal aliens, who are not here for a better life for themselves, who are selling drugs and killing people with machetes. That's what I see. I don't care what the percentage is. I don't want to hear talking points about how it's only 1% or 5% or 8%. Because if you're the family member getting killed, you don't care about statistics anymore, do you? So let's protect our community. That's my point.
6: That's And that's the short term. That's the, I understand that. That's right. where I'm at. But it, it kind of reminds me of the gun control debate. Um, sure, short term, maybe a few good things might happen if less people have guns. But long term... Uh, again the spirit of the constitution the spirit of uh, the second amendment if your government does become what you're saying this avalanche will take us even if it's 50 100 200 years from now um you want you want guns to protect yourself listen if this becomes and st- and you want an open border right. so you could leave if right. if it comes to that yeah no now, just think of the big picture when you think about these things. Yeah. That's no, all. Listen,
3: well, you could go for a swim.
6: Right. I was just going to say, there's still boats. Or, or build an yeah. igloo up in the Great White North. Go for a swim. at <laughs> uh, The Atlantic Ocean, you mean? If this Atlantic co- or Pacific. Yeah, okay. I'm not particular. If this country
5: ever falls to a tyrannical government, and it may happen, because it's happened to every other society, right? Yeah. I'm pretty no. sure there's not going to be any white people left anyway, so I'm not worried about escaping the country. Because you see where the violence is coming from, it's coming from the left. You see the vitriol. It's coming from the left. And who is it aimed at? It's aimed at Catholics and Christians and white people, people that want to have guns to defend themselves. So if there is a revolution and the other side does win, I guarantee you there's not going to be much of us left to try and escape over that border.
3: Let's not forget all the picking on the gingers. Yeah, yeah. Which Don't I, am. On I am one of them. Don't pick on gingers. All right,
6: so I love redheads. Yes, no redheads. But women.
5: But women anyway. You're not really my type though. Mr. Thanks, buddy.
6: So I was thinking of this Tom. But I, I do thinking. love you though in a different way. <laughs> Appreciate that. I was thinking the other day that it's getting so clear uh, that there are two basic philosophies of life that are that are clashing. Uh, In this country, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In this country, and in Western Western civilization. Okay. Um, You know, it started about 50 years ago to to come to a head, and it's really becoming crystal clear now. Why don't we get together, sit down with them, and say, "Let's divide up our country. Let's give you." Uh, much of the West Coast. Now you sound
5: like JT Torres. That's (laughs) the most racist thing I've ever heard in
6: my life. This has nothing to do with race. It has to do with philosophy. I'm talking about... Uh, those who are progressive and those who are, are you can uh, have the west coast. The we'll take the east coast. Well, yeah, you have the western part of the country. We'll have the eastern part of the country. That sounds an awful lot like sedition, Paul. And uh, and we'll we'll live in peace. We'll have a nice a nice wall between us. Right, because because we're living in peace now with Mexico, right? Uh, well, you, you want a wall between you? I do. Maybe that's what we because need. Because we're not living in peace with them. If we need if we need a wall between us and Mexicans, how about between us and progressives? Wouldn't that work? <sighs> I would be you know that you're breaking the comp, you're break, breaking up the country. I
5: say we just throw them yeah. out. <laughs> no, that doesn't. work? I don't think that'll work as peacefully. Can yeah. we do a
3: conversion therapy of some sort on them? Yeah.
5: I think yeah. we. I think reality. I think we're going to have another nine eleven at some point, and about two thirds of the people who think that they're progressives are going to wake up, like what happened after the first nine mm-hmm. eleven, um, and then and then we might be able to you know stem the tide a little bit more. But we are a schizophrenic country. We have half the country doesn't believe in the Constitution anymore. They think it's a living, breathing document that changes with the times to get the result that they want. And what they don't realize is they want it to change so they can take your guns away. And they want it to change so you can't say mean things. But what happens if maybe a far-right government takes over? Maybe it could change so that women don't have the right to vote anymore. Maybe it could change so that uh, blacks will be enslaved again. Uh, maybe it can change so that um, you don't have the certain people don't have the right to a trial by jury. I mean, if you think the Constitution is a living, breathing document that changes with the times, then you have to worry about what else might change, right?
6: Yeah, but again, it's 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 looking at something big picture. Right. Great. Not now too, I have something not, else to worry and not about. Not many people do that. Right. All right. Let's take a quick break. Let's do that.
5: I haven't thanked any sponsors, so I'm going to go overboard the next. Uh in the next segment. How much time? We got like a half an hour? i want going to talk about Frank Licata.
1: This is Speaker Newt Gingrich, and I'm listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan.
6: He carried a gun for good to protect the rest of us. You carried a gun because you were street terrorists, and that's what you are. It is incumbent upon the court to impose the sentence of death. That is all.
7: Take him away. This is the Paying Attention Radio Program. (laughs) This is Mike Capuano. You're listening
3: to Paying Attention, and you should.
2: This is former Louisiana Governor Buddy Romer, and you're listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan, where everybody gets it, even in Louisiana. Hey, gang, this is the money man. Eddie Money, where's the party? Right here with my good buddy, Tom Dugan. Where else? Meow.
7: This is the Paying Attention Radio Program. Give me one specific
5: example of what I have done that has been against the Hispanic people that is racist. If I
4: do the convenience to the Latin American people, you say no.
7: This is the Paying Attention Radio Program.
1: Attention cigar smokers. Looking for cigars? Look no further than Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's never a gamble at Two Guys Smoke Shop with three locations in tax-free New Hampshire and over a million
2: cigars on hand. We don't play around. Two Guys Rock. Two Guys Rock. With a billion choices in have a Christopher Columbus all those leaves, Rudyard, Kipley gave Maggie the heat. King and Seven named his Stogies, did it all for a taste of a man. two guys rock, with a million choices, Stogie have a
5: Alrighty, I'm going to need a cigarette to get through this. I'm back up to a pack a day. I was down to half a pack a day last week. Now I'm back up to a pack.
3: You know, all the studies show on uh, cigarette smoking, if you can get yourself to half a pack or less a day, that uh, there is no major difference health-wise between a smoker and a non-smoker. Really? Correct.
5: So if I stayed at half a pack, I'd be good.
3: If you stayed at, well, whatever damage you've done by going a pack or more a day is done. Right. Uh, you may not heal from that, but if you're on uh, half a pack or less a day of cigarettes, uh, the Good. health benefits of the tobacco outweigh the uh, the detrimental portion wow. of inhaling.
5: How about that?
3: The the voice of
6: God. I don't know if I buy that.
3: Well, you can look it up if Paul you, you I like. It's, uh, it's called Monograph <laughs> Number Nine. It's the largest study on tobacco ever done.
6: So a half a, a half a pack is okay. In fact, you're saying that there's benefits to it.
3: Correct. Yeah. It's, in fact, with uh, because. Cigars are um, uh, unfettered. It's just just natural tobacco that the benefits far outweigh the detriments. If you smoke one to two cigars a day, you'll outlive a non-smoker by an average of four years.
6: Wow. It's kind of like drinking a glass of wine.
3: And that's a study done by the American Cancer Institute. Yeah, they would know. Not the American Tobacco Institute. Interesting. uh, They would know. Monograph number nine.
5: All right. See that, Paul? Very interesting. Very good stuff. So... um, I've got a story I want to talk about I debated not talking about it um, And who won? I had actually decided as of yesterday I was not going to talk about it And then I got three more emails From uh, from uh, a guy named Frank Wakata, And I decided maybe I should So in the Senate race Paul You've got Elizabeth Warren okay, And you've got th- At least three that I can count in my head Republicans who are vying for The Republican nomination You've got Jeff Deal Who's okay. going to be our guest next week You've got a gentleman named Kingston who we're trying to get on the show. Um, and then you've got a woman, and I can't remember her name. It's awful. Beth Lidstrom is her name. And she's the one that Charlie Baker is supporting, so she probably mm-hmm. has the best shot, at least right now.
6: And this is for Massachusetts. This is yeah. for Massachusetts. We are, we are recording from New Hampshire, so I just wanted to make right, that clear. yes,
5: in Massachusetts. So right. so you've got three Republicans. One will get nominated. You've got Elizabeth Warren, the Democrat, waiting for whoever wins that race in the final. But you've also got an independent in that race. And The Independent is a guy named Shiva Ayadora. I apologize if I butchered, butchered the last name, but that's the best I could do. Shiva is the guy who went on Howie Carr uh, several, I remember that. several months ago. I heard that. And it was probably the most explosive radio I've seen or heard in a long time. Yes. Um, the, the, the problem was at the beginning of that debate was that Howie Howie's just Howie, and I love Howie. Um, But he has a very different style than I do So he gets the guy on and just starts berating him right away And starts going after him And of course he's going after Howie And he's acting like a five-year-old And Howie's acting like a five-year-old And uh, Frank Wakata, a guy who works for Shiva Is also in the room and he's trying to fight with Howie like while they're on the air. He's like yelling. Like if you're watching the podcast online, yeah. go back and watch it. You can see Frank is like behind the camera, but he's like yelling stuff out. Okay. And he's disrupting the entire, the entire thing that's going on. So I watched that and I posted some stuff online about how uh, I thought it was very unprofessional of Howie kind of do that, to do it the way he did. I would have done it differently. I would have had Shiva come on and let him say anything he wants without interrupting him. Other than to ask a question Hmm. And let him get it out Let him say what he wants to say And if he wants to make a fool of himself Let him make a fool of himself And if he sounds like a genius at the end Then he sounds like a genius at the end That's the way it should be That's the way I do things Howie doesn't do it that way Unfortunately neither does Tucker Carlson He's always talking over people Um, And so the two of them fought it out And so I posted online that I thought Howie was out of line as the host He has a responsibility Even if the guest is being a jerk Which Shivel was being a jerk um, to let the guy get his word out. I mean, you, you can go and say anything you want the minute he walks out of the studio, it's your show, right? So how many times did you get mad at me? I'd have a liberal on and I would just ask questions and I wouldn't challenge them on anything. And you're like, why didn't you challenge her? Because you like her or what's the story? And the answer was, now we've got great audio now forever of them saying all these wacky things. Like, why would I stop them? Why would I, inter- why would I interject that? So anyways, long story short, if it's possible at this point, um, About two or three weeks ago, I get an email from Frank Licata, whereas he first starts off asking me if I'll interview his candidate for my newspaper and kissing my ass while he's doing it. And I sent him an email back saying, I've already interviewed your candidate, I just haven't run it yet because we're waiting for it to get closer to the election. And then the next flurry of emails I got, I was a racist, I was a sexist, I was corrupt, I was pay for play. Uh, Everybody knows Duggan's pay-for-play. You didn't run the interview because we didn't want to buy ads and attacking my integrity. So you know me. I usually don't ignore that kind of stuff. I went back at him and called him names, and he called me names, and we went back and forth. And then it kind of died down a little bit. A few days go by, and I get an email from Mr. Shiver himself saying, listen, I'm reading the emails between you and Frank Licata. Um, Are you willing to treat me fair as a reporter from this In this campaign I said of course I'm going to treat you fair I'm going to treat anybody fair Whether I like them or not That's what I do If you follow me You'd know that And you wouldn't have to ask that question He said would you be willing To sit down with me And Mike Mosca And Frank Licata To work this out Now I'm working up to something You think this is like An inside baseball thing But it's going to be really apparent In a couple seconds So I said I will sit down with you And Mike Mosca But I do not want to be in a room With a guy who's as unstable As Frank Licata I just don't want to do it He went from asking me a favor To attacking me Like in like three seconds, and there's obviously he's got a problem, and I just don't I don't want to be around people like that. I got enough problems, so I thought we had agreed to meet anyway. And apparently he only half read my email, and the day before we were supposed to meet, he sends me a thing and says, "I just read an email that you told Frank that you're not going to meet with him." I said, "I'm not going to meet with him. I don't want to be in a room with him. He's crazy." And Mr. Shiva said, "Then fine. Then we can't meet." Um, And we started negotiating back and forth because I did want to meet with him. I want to meet, he's a candidate and I want to meet with him and hear what he has to say. And I don't care what he thinks about me or Frank Licata or my beef with Frank Licata or his beef with me. You're a Senate candidate, let's sit down. And he said, without Frank, that's not going to happen. And I sent him my cell phone number and said, I have to leave the office. If you want to continue this conversation, it's going to have to be via text. Well, I didn't get a text message from Mr. Sheva. But about a half an hour or so later I got a text message from Jeff Deal, or someone claiming to be Jeff Deal, who turned out to be Frank Licata.
6: Oh, really?
5: And he texts me that um, you have to help me, Mr. Duggan, because I've committed crimes, and you're really good at covering things up, and you you uh, know all the cops and all this other stuff. Um, says that he photoshopped a picture and that he committed some kind of a crime that had to do with a pack that was at a, an event that wasn't supposed to be coordinating with him, but. Um, I really he, he kept saying, I really did do these things that Frank Licata keeps saying that I did. I just need to cover it up, he kept saying. And offered me cash, by the way, offered me cash to cover it up as no, Jeff no,
6: Deal. Did, did, th- did you think something was awry here? Well,
5: I knew from the b- very beginning of yeah. the conversation that yeah. I wasn't talking to Jeff Deal because I've talked to Jeff Deal, I've interviewed Jeff Deal, and I know Jeff Deal, not well, but I've, I've, I also know people who work on his campaign. So when I got the first text message... I text messaged a friend of mine who works in the Jeff Deal campaign and said, where is Jeff right now? And they told me. I said, is he really like literally on the air right now? Yes, he was literally on the air somewhere right now. I'm not going to tell you where because Frank's going to deny it and I'm going to provide the proof afterwards and make him look like an idiot. (laughs) So... I decide I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play along with this guy and I start going back and forth. And he's offering me cash and asking me if he can Photoshop a picture of Trump and him together and going on and on and on and on and on and, on. and offering me money and, and asking uh, if, if I'd work for uh, the Shiva campaign.
6: Is this through text or through IM all or all through what? text. It okay. all
5: came to my phone. I saved every single one of them. All right. So I let, I let him do this for a day. Like for an entire day, I was texting back and forth with Frank Licata pretending to be Jeff Deal. And... Just for fun, even though I knew I wasn't talking to Jeff Deal, I called my friend Joe Dunn about two hours after I finished my conversation with Frank Licata pretending to be Jeff Deal and said, do me a favor. You've got Jeff's cell phone number. Call him and ask him if we just had a text message conversation. And he texted me back and said, Jeff's laughing. He hasn't had time to text anybody. He was on the air. He was doing X, Y, and Z. So I texted back saying uh, something like, hey, Frank, uh, nice try. Um, I can't believe you thought I was dumb enough to believe that you were Jeff Deal. And admitting that it's him, he mm-hmm. sends a thing back saying, you were willing to accept cash. I said, well, go back and read that conversation because I said no when you offered me cash, you moron. So here's a guy running for United States Senate, Shiva Iadora, And I apologize again if I got your name wrong who thinks he can take on Elizabeth Warren after being charged with beating his wife, after being charged with assaulting a police officer, resisting arrest while he was being arrested for beating his wife, according to her accusation. In full disclosure, that case was dismissed. Fine, it was dismissed. But I read the police report. I'm pretty sure Elizabeth Warren read the police report. And if you think you can beat Elizabeth Warren in a Me Too state, like Massachusetts... All, I could write her commercial for her right now, right? This guy beat his wife. He represents the Republican Party. They're evil, see? And it's not going to matter if it's true. It's not going to matter if he actually beat his wife. Maybe he didn't. But that doesn't matter. It's all politics. It's all perception. So I'm sitting on this and I'm thinking, this guy's running for United States Senate, and, and this is his prior, This is what his campaign guys are doing? Like this is, And by the way, the only way Frank could have gotten my phone number, my cell phone number, is if Shiva himself gave it to him. Because the only person in that campaign that I gave my cell phone number two is Shiva Iador himself. Hmm. So I don't know what kind of United States Senator this guy's gonna be, or what kind of team he's gonna have around him in the United States Senate. But I certainly think that the news should pick up on these kind of shenanigans, because apparently I'm not the only one they've done this to. And if you think that you can run against Elizabeth Warren with the background that you have, while you're playing juvenile games with reporters, pretending to be your opponent to make them look bad, I think you're probably going to get five votes, if you're lucky, and you probably shouldn't even get that.
6: Now, back up a little bit. Is he? Um, he's running against a couple of other Republicans. Uh, no, for the he's primary? The independent. Oh, he's the. Oh, he. Okay, he's the independent. Okay, so because he's dropped out of. No Republican's going to vote for this guy. Okay. Like no. So who do we have for who? Who is there for a Republican?
5: We have Jeff Deal. We have a, guy, a gentleman in okay. Kingston. I can't, I'm sorry, I don't remember his first name. And we have Beth Lindstrom, who is the Republican state party favorite. Charlie Baker supporting her.
6: So, but who is the popular favorite at this moment? I think
5: Jeff Deal's the popular favorite. Mm. Jeff Deal mm. uh, worked on the gas tax, mm-hmm. uh, lowering the gas tax. That was his big thing when he was in the state senate.
6: Now, should I, should I assume that they're all Massachusetts liberal Republicans? From, um, uh, from my point of view?
5: From your point of view, everyone's
6: liberal. From uh, your point of view, I'm almost liberal <laughs> on some issues. You call me a liberal, right? on others.
5: That's true. You are very liberal in some things. Yes.
6: So, so then, uh, would they be? Um, uh, so Jeff Deal will probably face off against uh, Elizabeth Warren if things don't change, and with 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 yes. Shiva with uh, Shiva in the Shiva final, Shiva right? In the final, right? And from do you th- my do you think that Shiva will take away from the Republicans? No, no. There's no Republican
5: sitting there going, "Geez, I really hate Elizabeth Warren. I can vote for Jeff Deal, but I don't know that Shiva guy looks pretty good." they just they're, there's no there's 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 no way you could be thinking about voting for Shiva and maybe voting for Jeff Deal or vice versa. They're just too different. You're either going to be a deal person or you're going to be a Shiva person. Or if it's Beth Lindstrom, you're going to be a Beth Lindstrom person. But is
6: Shiva closer to uh, Elizabeth Warren? Uh,
5: On a lot of stuff, yeah. He held a, what he called a pro, we actually put Shiva on the front page of our paper back in September. He is the guy that organized the free speech rally on the Boston Common Bandstand that the media called a Nazi rally. Mm. Remember there was a big there was a big riot in Boston and all the snowflakes came out and there was all kinds of problems mm. because the media was ginning up that there was a Nazi rally going on. Well, I actually sent people to that so-called Nazi rally because I know what the Boston media does—they are just liars and they're there to promote a narrative. So I actually sent uh, Joe uh, Demore, who writes for us, down there. He was at the bandstand, took pictures of a very dark-skinned guy named Shiva Iadoro with a bullhorn that the media called a Nazi rally. We put him on the front page even though he's a Senate candidate because we weren't putting him on as a Senate candidate. And yet these same clowns at the Shiva-Iadora campaign are accusing me of somehow being biased against them. Like I'm part of the Jeff Deal conspiracy somehow. But Jeff Deal never been on the front page of my paper, right? So when I first started getting emails from the Shiva campaign, my first thing was, oh, by the way, first of all, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I put you on the front page of my paper. I protested the way how I treated you. Um, and that was after he treated my my uh, photographer, Rich Russell, who's here today, treated him very badly at the Lawrence Public Library, very badly. And then when I called him up on the phone and called him on it, he denied that he treated him badly. I should have known then that this was this guy was going to be a problem. So Frank has now been begging me to come on the show to take me on toe to toe. On this show? Yeah. Oh. And okay. quite frankly, if I wasn't, if I if I wasn't. Nervous about my physical safety around this guy. No, it's public place. Yeah. Listen, when you're dealing with someone who's crazy, mm. they don't care if they're in a public place. Some guy just mm. shut up a school. He didn't care, yeah, that's right? True. Yeah. So when you're dealing with people who are a little off, right? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not making a legal diagnosis or a psychological diagnosis. I just know what I see. He exhibits crazy behavior. He exhibits extremely uh, um, unhinged behavior. And I just don't want to be around people like that. And if I thought maybe. He, he wasn't a threat to my personal safety, you know, that he wouldn't, like, yeah. just get up and throw a swing at me. Um, I'd have him on. He could say whatever he wanted. Okay. I'd have him, and maybe, maybe if he wants to Skype in, maybe we can work something like that out. Uh, but we are going to have Jeff Deal on next week, and we're going to try and get Kingston. And we're also going to try and get uh, Beth, uh, what's her name, Beth uh, Lindstrom on as well. So did you say you had one more thing? I want to talk about our sponsors at the end of the show.
6: Uh, I don't know. I have a few more things if you want right. to tackle one. Yeah, just, just grab me. See. Take G- the best one. Take Jod- the one Tom's going to like the most. I don't know. I uh, jotted down a few here. How about, um, well, just another contradictory kind of thing. Uh, did you read uh, that, uh, what happened with Katy Perry and American Idol?
5: I didn't. Oh, well, I, no. I Wait, I saw a headline, though, yeah. that she gave an unwanted Kiss yeah. to someone—is that uh, it? Yeah.
6: All right. This. This how is how good my, am I? This is my understanding. There was a, uh, a contestant on American Idol, and they—I guess—they—they they interview him a little bit live before he plays, and uh, they were talking to him about—I um, don't know—his song or something, and it's a romantic song, and do you have a girlfriend? Or and I'm just par- paraphrasing the whole thing, but something about—well, uh, have you ever uh, have you ever used this song to get romantic and give her a kiss or something like that? And he said, "Well, I'm 19 years old. I've never been in a relationship." And I'm, I, I want to save my first kiss for somebody I deeply care about in a relationship. And,
3: and there was a little bit of a religious connotation to it. Ahead. That, that you he's, probably that he's, uh, know more
6: than I do about it.
3: As, as I understand it, he's uh, deeply Christian okay. and believes that he should save himself for committed yeah. relationship. And when it comes to kissing and uh, his uh, sexual side of things for for yeah. after marriage is how, I, is how I heard it.
6: And yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I guess Katy Perry said, "Come on down here to the judges' uh, to the judges' place." So he goes down to the judges' place, and and she says, "I, I want to give you your, my your first kiss or something like that." And he said he he didn't want it, and so well, she as I understand it, and, and yeah. sorry
3: to interrupt, she just kissed him. Oh, she just kissed him she on the cheek, though. Yeah, she didn't first. ask permission. She just yeah. gave him a kiss, and it, the connotation was All okay. Right. You just got your first kiss from Katy Perry. Well, I,
6: actually, first it was a cheek kiss because this is the part I remember, and then he he. She turns him around and gives him a plant plants one right on his mouth. Oh my God. And the horrors. She w- and he was saying, Katie, I can't believe you did that, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's here's the question, Tom. All hey. right. All right. Number one, is You're it You're not o- gonna like the answer, but go is ahead is it only harassment if it's male to female? That's my first mm-hmm. question. Yes. Okay. And what does the if if yes, then what does that say about the false narrative that both sexes are, are the same. Well,
5: we're not the same, and it's a lie yeah. that we're the same, and anybody who says that we're the same is living in a fantasy world. We're not the same. Women, in general, are better nurturers than men. It's just a fact. Women yeah. are not as strong as men. That's why they have to lower the standards when women go for the police exam, when women go into the, into the military. Right. We are not the same, and anybody who tries to promote that we're the same is lying to you to achieve some kind of political end it's just not a fact. Well,
6: I, I think those that uh, would say that we're the same might admit, okay, there are a few body parts that are different, uh, but psychologically, the important ones. Psychologically and spiritually, we're the exact same. Yeah, we're not. That's nonsense. We're
5: not. Men have different brain chemistry yeah. than women do. Men and women think differently. I've never had a man, I've never had a man put his hand on his hip and say, "What's that supposed to mean?" Never. Not even a gay man. Not even, not even Sean the barista. Sean the barista has never put his hand on his hip and said to me, what is that supposed to mean? Men and women are psychologically different. We're physically different. Our brain chemistry is different. Um, I used to say to my, my – and Paula used to get so mad at me when we were raising the girls. Paula, yeah? Yeah, my ex. Okay. Um, we. I'd be watching Disney with the kids and there was always some political message to every – um, kid's show that they watched, and one of them was Girls Can Do Anything Boys Can Do.
4: Right, right. right? And
5: if the girl joins the ba- boys' mm-hmm. baseball team and hits the winning home run with five seconds left in the game, it's a tie game. It's it's the 13th inning. And at the end of that, I turned to my Rachel one day, and I said, you know that's all bullshit, right? Hmm. No, what do you mean? Bo- girls can do anything boys can do. I said, no, girls can't do anything boys can do. And by the way, boys can't boys do can't anything do everything girls, girls can do. Can do. <laughs> we're different. And there's yeah. a reason that we're different. It's called biology. And it's funny how the same people who lecture us about science when we talk about things like global warming, when we talk about this topic, suddenly science oh. doesn't mean anything anymore. Now let's not talk about actual biology. Let's not talk about science, which has been established for thousands Look, of
6: years. The, the truth is we're bodily biological creatures. And I think a lot of people... Today, um, particularly on the left, will will deny that. Right. We'll say that we are what we feel inside, and we can do and manipulate at will a- anything we want in our exterior body. Right. It's 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 called a dualist understanding of the human. Person. Is that what it's called? Yes, it's dualism. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, dualism comes in many forms. Like you can uh, you can rationalize reincarnation with dualism because you are your soul. Your body is just a temporary cover- covering. So. If but, that was
3: Simon Cowell, his
6: yes. career is over.
3: Right. If he kissed a girl on the lips, oh, yeah. back, unwanted, his career is that, over. And
6: that—that that was my next question. If Katy
3: Perry owes that kid at the very least an apology because that was unwanted sexual contact, how about, how about, and it's wrong.
5: How about more than that? If she was a girl and that yes. was a boy, she would be suing him for millions of dollars for sexual battery. And this, if Katy Perry should pay this kid's college.
3: I don't think it Keep goes it that far. Keep it out of
5: court. Pay the kids college.
3: I don't think it goes that far, but I do think that she owes him at the very least an apology, and I think that it should be the same across the board. That, a, really? a peck on the cheek, a peck on the lips. It's not the end of the world and shouldn't be blown up to that level, but at the same time, it was unwanted. Right. Yeah, That's it's called true. sexual batteries. My, my opinion. Is.
5: Listen, if I walked down the streets of Lawrence and I grabbed any random girl— and planted a kiss on her lips, she would call 911 and I would be arrested for sexual battery. It's just a fact.
3: And but what if, if you took a picture of her? That would be okay. I'm just sorry. That was <laughs> <a little throwback.
5: laughs> now, by the way, should that be against the law? I don't think it should be. But since we're living in a world where it's so one-sided, it's so extreme on one side, then we either have to come to terms with the fact that we are different and we're going to treat people differently and then just say that and be honest about it, or we have to treat both sides the same. Now, I don't care which one it is, but it's got to be one of them. We can't live in a world
6: where we say one thing and do another. We live in that world today, too. We do, and it's very scary. I mean, very schizophrenic and very inconsistent. The same,
5: the same people who say that, you know, well, I'm not going to go through that again. I've already discussed it. But uh, we live in a schizophrenic culture, and part of the reason is the media. A large portion of it is the media. The other large portion of it is that we have schools that aren't schools anymore, they're indoctrination camps. Kids aren't learning important things. Kids aren't learning how to balance a checkbook. Kids aren't learning how to fill out a job application. They're learning about global warming, and they're learning about transgenders, and they're learning about equality and protesting. and and, and, uh, Actually,
6: what they're learning, I think, is how not to think. Yeah. That's what they're learning. Of course. Whatever one desires or feels is what is right and true to them. Right. It's, it's, um, it's a combination of utilitarianism and uh, relativism. I would want
3: Paul yes. to be my teacher. <laughs>
6: Paul is excellent. There He's is awesome. There is no objective truth anymore, particularly with academia, who is supposed to be teaching objective truth. Right.
5: And because
6: we're all required to lie, that's the reason why people get silenced
5: when they tell the truth. Because you're required to lie. You're, you're required yes. to call Bruce Jenner a female name because he, that's, that's, what that's what he self-identifies at. Well, so and
6: to use the female uh, pronoun,
5: right? So, yeah. so gender's not supposed to matter. We're all supposed to be the same, except for men. Then you're mansplaining. <laughs> then you're mansplaining. Then you're mansplaining, right? No
6: more mansplaining for you, Tom. Unbelievable. That's all you do is mansplain. I do. You're, As your we entire uh, show,
5: it's my. It's my. And hopefully, we're going to make a lot of money on it. If you'd like to sponsor us, um, let's talk about yeah, some of our sponsors. Absolutely. I, Paul, first of all, are you coming to yes. the bash?
6: I don't know, Tom.
5: This is why you're not on the program. That means no. It's a week from now. I've, we've already put everything together. We do don't even you, know if you're coming. Do you
6: want me to do something? Well, I did, but what? not now. I, I listen want to you to
3: sponsor I, it for a grand Tom, Tom, and uh, Tom, give you, some kid a scholarship.
5: But not
6: now. now like, you, Tom, you play games with written. me. Do you want me to be on? Do, do, you do something? Do you need me for something? Not anymore. Okay. Like if, if, well, you if, never asked if I was well, coming. I or I kind of
5: did. Like a month no, you ago, did two not. Two months ago, I said, are you coming and you gave me the same answer. Do you want me to do
6: something?
4: Yeah.
5: And I said, well, that depends on if you're coming. If you're coming, uh, then maybe
6: we'll work you into the schedule. Well, the maybe I would certainly come if you wanted me to See, do something. See, it's all
5: about him. If he's not going to be on it's stage, he doesn't want to be there.
6: I'm not talking. Ah, oh, that's kind of what it sounds like. I'm not like. even talking about on stage. <laughs> so we're be-
3: also brought to you by A&M Auto <laughs> Body. Right, wait, wait,
6: wait, wait, you. wait, wait, you wait, 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 wait. We can't let him get away with that. Why not? He accuses other people of doing this. All right, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I did not say on stage, it could be something behind the scenes that you wanted me, but she never told okay, me. Okay, yeah, that's we'll all. find something for you to do. You but know
5: you know what I really want you to do? We actually what? had a meeting last night, and, and, and I'm the one who said, that would be a great job for Paul. I just don't know if he wants to do it.
3: We have the Twin Lights security uh, bikini briefs that you said you needed modeled halfway through the show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's
5: right. I'm going to go a couple of minutes over, if that's okay, because we didn't think any sponsors. I do have another got, podcast okay, starting all right, today. Okay, but, all right, uh, go ahead. We'll we'll, we'll we'll jump through it. Um um, the money We need someone to watch the money
6: Watch the money Alright So we've,
5: we've got a strong box That we need Whenever the raffle girls Get up to like $50 They put money in the box we, I need someone I trust with money And I trust you implicitly with money
6: I'll talk to the people in, in, uh, that, that's, that are important in my life And we'll see if I can get there
5: Alright Now All right. We have a new sponsor today And I apologize We didn't get to him We're going to promote The crap out of him next week I promise Fred the Barber Anybody remember Fred the Barber in Lawrence On South Broadway He's been there for about 185 years um, and he looks pretty good for 185. Yeah. Um Fred the Barber at 309 South Broadway in Lawrence is our new sponsor, thanks to Ken DeLuca, who bought a sponsorship for them because he loves Fred the Barber so much. Uh, he's been in business 25 years. He's open seven days a week. He is on South Broadway right next to Yokohama, which used to be a great sushi place, not really so much anymore. Um, they're open at 830 every morning, seven days a week. Uh, Fred is there Monday through Friday, and Mike is there every other day. And you can still get a $15 haircut. Nice. Like I don't know anywhere else you can go anywhere, including Lawrence, where you can get a $15 haircut, even with the 5,000 barbers there are all over North Lawrence. And they're all Fred three, the, the Barber. The Fred the Barber is our new sponsor, and we certainly appreciate him. Then we've got Angelo Memolo from AM M Auto Body. He's in the old Metropolitan Building on South Broadway, right down the street from Fred the Barber. So you go get your car taken care of, and you go get a haircut while you're waiting. How about that? That's right? great. So you go see Angelo in the old Metropolitan Building on South Broadway in Lawrence. Angelo is such a great guy. He advertises in the print edition of The Valley Patriot. He advertises on this show. And this morning, Paul, he called me and he said, how much is it for a table to your bash? Okay. I want to buy a table. He said, I'm probably only going to come with one or two people. So how many ever empty seats there are at my table, you can have a veteran sit there for free. I'll pay for the ticket.
3: That's awesome. Very so
5: that's a, that's a guy you want to do business with, right? I do business with good people. Um, and I, if I have an advertiser that's not someone like Angelo, I really don't want their money. I don't care if I go broke. I don't want your money. Um, someone else who's pretty awesome. Uh, Century 21, jo- uh, uh, Joe Zingales and Rosanna Zingales Lopez at Team Zingales. They sell houses. They buy houses. They've been with us from... The very first year of the Valley Patriot in 2004 when they were REMAX, before they were Century 21. Um, Joe gave a $2,000 scholarship last year at our bash. This year he's giving a $1,000 scholarship at the bash. Um, he sponsors our police rallies. Uh, Century 21 Teams in Gala sponsors our political debates. When we did the sheriff's debates, primary and final election. He sponsors this show. He sponsors us in the Valley Patriot. So you see a pattern here. People who come in with us, they get the publicity of this show and the newspaper and all the stuff that we do. They get business from it and they stay with us. And they stay with us because advertising with us works. That's just a fact. Um, Twin Lights Security, Patrick McLaughlin, Mike Thibodeau at at Twin Lights Security, uh, they not only are a great security company that provides personal and business security, they're also private investigators. And not only do they provide, they're going to be providing for free the security at the the 14th anniversary bash next Friday on March 23rd. Um, But they also um, employ me. I do uh, private investigations with them from time to time when they have when they have a need when they need somebody to do like a real investigation because I'm an investigative reporter. It's kind of like what I do. Um, who did we miss out? Uh, 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 Andover attorney Peter Caruso, whom I owe a lot of money to, so I want to give him free ads, so maybe he'll like take, take something off of what I owe him. And, of course, our friends here at Two Guys Smoke Shop Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Uh, we wrote a segment for Sean the Barista, and now we're at the end of the show. We don't have time for it. But I promise next week. Now, Paul, you're going to be okay with that, right? We're going to have Sean the Barista come up, sure. and we're, we're going to let him bring a topic okay. that he wants to talk about Oh, we'll make him talk about coffee for a little while because I need a coffee anyway.
3: Yep. It does um, make a great cup of coffee. The best coffee yeah.
5: anywhere. If you're driving up 28, don't stop through the drive-thru at anywhere to get coffee. Stop at Two Guys Smoke Shop, come up to the second floor. It's the best coffee you're ever going to taste. He flies it in from, am I remembering right, Tanzania? He right, does, I got right? it right. He, they, they fly in the coffee beans from Tanzania. So, Two Guys Smoke Shop, Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We want to thank all of our sponsors at The Bash, especially our big sponsors at The Bash. The Labor's Union Local 175 gave us $1,000 for a scholarship this year for a kid at the vocational school in Lawrence. We have the uh, po- fire chief in Methuen and the police chief both gave us 500 each. We g- have the Lawrence, Asso- I'm sorry, the Lawrence Superior Officers Association um, gave us a, a, a sponsorship. We have the Methuen Superior Officers Association gave us $500. Uh, there's an awful lot of people who have kicked in. Most of this money is going to go to scholarships, but you know we do other stuff with the money, Paul. We're going to give half the money from our raffle to Veterans Northeast Outreach because they help homeless veterans, and 100% of what you give them goes directly to the veteran. All their overhead is covered by grants, right? So you're trying, you're trying to tell me to wrap up? All right. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: your wrap-up. Right, throw, throw, me,
5: throw me the word, and then I'll talk right through to the end. Paul, where are you going to be? Tell people how they can find your show and who you are and what you do. <laughs>
6: Well, you can listen to me on, uh, the show is Beneath the Surface with Paul Marano at WCAP Radio, 10 to 11 p.m. Just go to the um, the WCA, uh, WCAP uh, website to listen. 980wcap.com? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yep. I also uh, teach college, but they're not interested in that. I write a column for the Valley Patriot, and I do a whole slew of other things. You've been with
5: us from the first year, too. Yes. So you're celebrating your 14th anniversary with us. You should be in yes. the room anyway.
6: I should. I should.
3: We got the speedo for you, buddy.
6: Bring
5: that beautiful wife of yours. All right, let's Worthen ourselves out of here. There's Belvin Taylor. He's going to be opening the show at the bash, singing the "Paying Attention" song, and we'll play this at the end. Because no matter where you are, you should always end up at the Worthen in Lowell for a beer, right?
3: No, it's a lie. So
4: leave, with your right. All your friends and adversaries, well they're getting pretty tight.
5: All right, the show's over. Now go home already. Where there's a
1: Speaker Nick Gingrich. And I'm-
0: the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.